Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello everyone, <laughs> welcome again to Measuring Flicks I'm Carl Hartley And I'm Max Peterson And I need a Tums Apparently <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pepto Bismol, <laughs> sponsoring our show today. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, so today we are t- we're continuing our talk. Uh, we're called, I called the I named the month bend it like fast bender. Did you which, say? Yes, which is kind of appropriate. So we're doing a Michael for this episode. Yeah, it really is. So we're doing a, a Michael Fassbender month, and we we started the month with Twelve Years a Slave, mm-hmm. and then due to scheduling stuff and you being in a show. We dropped one of the season zero episodes. One of my favorite movies from season zero. Me too, zero. yeah. And Frank, conversations too, I think. Frank is stunning. Also, our shortest episode ever. Mm-hmm. It's like under 50 minutes. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, it's like 50. How did we only talk about Frank for like 50 I minutes? I don't know. I think we were so stunned by the film. I think so, because we had watched it that day and then talked about it. <laughs> yeah, we We were still it. sort of in this like shocked. You can hear at the beginning, we're on mic and we're like, so it. Uh, Frank, right. I, yeah. it's like there's nothing to say. So what what, what our original intention was, and we're kind of getting back on track with that now, was mm-hmm. to do um, Michael Fassbender teamed up with the director Steve McQueen. Yeah, and uh, you have no notes for this movie, I noticed. Well, no, because you just we were gonna, we're going to do the the three oh, Steve right, McQueen's right, right. I me sans notes because you were going to watch them. So, so I just want to be focused on sucked into them yeah. on all of it. Yeah. So this is uh, 2011's Shame, directed by Steve McQueen, starring Michael Fassbender and Carey Mulligan. Um, there are some other cast in here mm-hmm. who have like fairly large roles, but I would I think it's fair to say that Carey Mulligan and Michael Fassbender are our, they are the movie, the focus, yeah, yep, the absolutely in the film. <laughs> so, right off the bat, I wanted to cover what did you think of this movie? Because this is a this is very different than most everything else we've watched. Yeah, it sure is. Um, I honestly, and I watched this like a half an hour ago. I watched it at mm-hmm. like five thirty this morning. So I'm really I don't know how I feel about this movie just yet. Okay. Part of me was like that was kind of boring, but another part of me was like that was fascinating and an interesting it's a character study for sure that's the kind of movie this is it's all about about him and his world and and not a whole lot really happens in the movie it's more and you we we see the world through 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 Fassbender's character's name I can't remember Brandon Brandon thank you it's Brandon and Sissy Brandon and Sissy <laughs> um but it's like but also, there's a beauty in the stillness to this movie, which we, which I discovered in. So, Twelve Years a Slave was my first introduction to Steve McQueen as a director, and this you can see a lot of sort of reflections in his style from Twelve Years a Slave. A lot of very intentionally paced scenes and cameras that just sit and allow you to experience um, the world of these characters, mm-hmm. and. I think some of it was because it's like waking up at 5.30 and watching a movie. It's like, I almost need Transformers in my face in a way. <laughs> yeah. You know, I need I need it's, some boom, boom, <clears throat> shake the room. <clears throat> Had I watched this like after work with a glass of wine or something or, or a bottle of scotch. <laughs> right. This is definitely not a um, like. You don't go, you don't enter in this movie lightly and expect it's not going to be like in your face and crazy. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, all, I've also 
woken up at five to watch movies for the show mm-hmm. before, and usually the ones that work best for me are like, oh god, I'm so fucking tired. Die Hard three. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, and then and you like, watch oh, it. Oh, this is gonna be great. You're yeah. like gunshots and profanity. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, there is something else. There is a. I think we've talked about it on the show before, but when I, I was living, when Bird and I were living with Alan and Aaron, mm-hmm. I, I found, that was when I found this big master list of Quentin Tarantino's favorite movies, Jim Jarmusch's favorite movies, Kevin Smith's favorite movies, and they were all movies that everyone else in the house just fucking hated every time yeah, I watched them, because they're like weird art films. Yeah, of course. So I, my routine became, for about a month, I would wake up every morning at like 5.50 or 6 a.m., I make myself a cup of espresso and I'd watch one of these movies in like the weird still dawn hours yeah. when everyone else is asleep. There's something really cool about that. Yeah, if it, and I feel like this movie would could fit in that space where you're watching and it's like very early in the morning and mm-hmm. no one else is around and you have like utter stillness yeah. and you don't have the rest of the day running through your head yet. You're just w- focusing on this movie. This you're right. This movie's very still and as far as the plot goes, um this movie has Essentially, no linear plot. No, there's, there's no, no nothing. You, you. It's a few days in this. It's a series of vignettes. Life. Yeah, pretty it really much. is. Um, now there, some stuff hangs together. Like we see, mm-hmm. we see him falling for the girl at the office. What well, it hangs together, like your life hangs together. Yeah, you know, it's it's like things happen, and then sometimes things don't happen. Yeah, a missed a missed relationship opportunity, or like a one night. It's weird. It's yeah, all these things just sort of hang there. But there's no like, will he get the girl? Yeah, like when I wake up every day, it's not my fight against my arch nemesis. It's right. like, oh yeah, okay, I got to send that email. It's I'm a just a little bit hungover little... from drinking, just a bit too much last night, and and so one of the reasons I picked this movie, and one of the reasons I'm actually really glad with your response to it, where you're not like it was a, but mm-hmm. but also not like this was dog shit. No, 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 not um, at all. Uh, this I discovered this movie when I was about 22, 23 years old. You jerked off a lot watching this movie. Though. I didn't actually. <laughs> no, this is like the crying um, volume. This, this well, this movie I discovered because I was just out of college because I took a little longer than usual in college because mm-hmm. I was one credit short. So I was just out of college and watching this movie did a couple things for me. First of all, I had just finished the script for the horror movie that I shot, so cool. I took scenes from this movie and used them as auditions for the people who came in and auditioned for my movie. No shit. Oh yeah. my god. Which Be- scenes? We'll talk about yeah, it when, okay, we, when we hit yeah. them, but there's, I call it when we, every time we see it, Bird calls it the Marlin scene, because it's the one that I ran all of there was a character that I eventually got written out named Julia, who had to be like this kind of like quiet, calm, loving, motherly character, but that still had some fangs. Yeah, yeah. So I picked a particularly long, one of the one of the famous long scenes from this film and used it as an audition piece. And two, the second reason that this movie, well, there's a bunch of reasons that this movie hit me so hard, but one of them was, grew up in Detour Village, dial-up internet, college, high-speed internet, suddenly, yeah, and no one watching over my shoulder. Yeah. So, th- like, I think my freshman and sophomore year was, as I'm sure many college students, was like like four hours of porn a day. Oh, yeah. Where you just you just fall down the rabbit hole and you you're kinda, like... You do sort of have to throw your computer away at the you end of the do. semester. You, it's like, fry the hard drive, you man. You kind of do. They're like, return them. And I'm just like, it fell in the fire. I broke. <laughs> I jumped on it. I <laughs> went in the toilet. Like, yeah, I was going to say, it fell in the toilet. <laughs> and they're like, the, what? The back tank. It fell in the tank. Tank part. It's totally submerged. <laughs> And so I burned it. I was watching it. a YouTube video of how to change the light over the... How to change your toilet tank. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like for the... There was probably two years where 
just because I was so I was so sheltered yeah, over at Vitor, where you just you're like, that's a thing that people do, and then you're like, what? Oh my god! Some yeah. people think feet are sex. Holy shit! So what? And then of course you get out of it. I don't it. want to call it a rabbit hole, but it is. It's a ra- It's ooh. It is though. Yeah. It is definitely a rabbit hole. And at the so for like that was like two years of my mm-hmm. life. Where it's just like oh my god, what's sixteen this? What's and a half. For and me, you, but... you doubt. <laughs> But <laughs> you you, da- you download it no, all, you do. and there's definitely a point somewhere in there. Since we're, I like this new honesty thing we're doing. But there's definitely a point in there somewhere where you're like, you know, I think I'm watching too much yep. porn. Yeah. And then you yeah. every time oh, yeah. you'll you know, and then you realize that there's a habitual nature to it where you like get uh, classes done and you sit down on your laptop. And you have and a like, ritual to and you're it. You're like, pause. Too. Wait, what am I yeah. doing? Yeah. So what? So I saw that, and then of course that was my sophomore year, and I did the rest of college. But I figured it because I started taking like grad courses, and I had didn't have time to just like binge. Right, porn. just binge. Right. So I felt kind of fell out of that, but seeing this movie really kind of struck a chord and helped mm-hmm. me recognize what that. Was, was what that yep. period of my life was, and I was oh, like, "Oh, there's definitely yeah." That's a very slippery slope. <laughs> when he when he opens up the laptop and it's just on the it's just on the screensaver page. Yeah, <clears throat> I was like, "Man, I should probably wipe my hard drives." Not like like I I shit I haven't watched porn in a, a while. Yeah, like but, a long time. Yeah. But but yeah, it definitely brought back like like in the military or like in in school or whatever where you have moments to like. You watch Pornhub on your phone or whatever, but then there becomes this weird like ritual to it right. too, where yeah. it is that sort of like come home, have dinner. It's like oh, I'm now now I'm gonna open up. There's a ritual. We see his ritual yeah, in the movie, very, and, and it's, he has a very like it's pr- it's and it's so pretty bleak. Too. It's very bleak for my whole read on him is this is almost like a task that he has to do because his body is asking for it. Yeah, I, I have a note about that actually. And it's almost like painful for him. Uh, it's some sort of weird chore because there's zero, zero pleasure for him I that I get. Well, there, I think there's physical pleasure, but he's well, yeah, so emotionally cut that is, off. Yeah, it's completely there's zero. There's a complete disconnect there emotionally. It's all about just attaining the or, the orgasm, essentially. Like, Right, yeah, yeah. There's no... Um, there's no snuggles afterwards. That's for <laughs> well, no, because there's sure. very seldom. But, but also, it's the partners he chooses are sort of wanting that experience as well. There, except for the one. Mm. Well, and also there's with the partners that he chooses. There's it's very interesting because there's always an element of at a distance fantasy, mm-hmm. like the woman that he picks up at the club at the beginning yes. when his boss is trying to hit on her. That's like a whirlwind wild fantasy night where it's like yeah. one night stand with a stranger it's not, it was almost not even a one night stand it's like uh we're gonna pull over in the alley and bang yeah. yeah but like but there is later there is one character who he goes on a date with and seems to form some kind of emotional bond with and in that instance he, he can't, can't sexually perform no so there's always a transactional nature yes. when he's hiring sex workers yep i was gonna say in a very real way yeah <laughs> or there's a or there's that weird arm's length distance of let's create a fantasy space, explore it, and then go our separate ways. The woman at the bar at the end, mm-hmm. the one night stand at the beginning. Um, as long as there's actually no consequences, he seems to have no problem. Right. But the moment that there's any kind of like, you know, like line let out or anything tying the two of them together in any sort of emotional sense and what's interesting too is like we don't we don't see a whole lot of his interaction with his friends we get a bit with his boss Uh but that's like forced on him because the boss is like hey you're taking me out tonight 
uh, to a club because let's do that thing where you pick up girls real good again. <laughs> so, but he he doesn't act. Uh, there, there's no sense of connection with him and anybody in his world. His co-workers, he doesn't really have any friends. His apartment is... Nothing real. Super sterile. It almost reminded me a little bit of like an American Psycho kind of super crisp, clean, everything is perfect. That, he is sort of connected to that character in a way, in a way too. The Pat Bateman character. Yeah. That's really interesting because um, I hadn't thought of it last night, but or I was going to bring up, this movie is almost like the sad underside no, yeah. of American Psycho. I wrote My note that I wrote down is this movie is what men's health gets you. Um, the magazine. Mm-hmm. I personally, just so we're clear, I love Men's Health, and I've gotten tons. Of, oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, like recipes and oh, yoga you get a ton shit. of ton of shit from that. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a great magazine. But if you if you read it and treat it as gospel, it's like climb the ladder, get to bed early, so you can work harder. Here's how to manage your interoffice, blah blah blahs, and you know, here's how here's all these sexual things you should. If you try were to actually your, use it as like your your ten commandments, if of you just read it like it's life. like it's a like Bible fact yeah. it's like people are hooking up tons here's how to hook up with that hof- hot office secretary do the maxim actually like follow that to the letter yeah yeah and it's like so here's how you know he, f- he fits in at the office he goes out for drinks but there's it's super shallow mm-hmm. it's like a power movie he's like I know I've got a well I'm at this meeting now and oh we're going out for drinks with the boss and then he's like how do I pick up this hot woman at the bar and you can see him you doing you can see that yeah he's doing the bits he's yeah, doing like, the pieces of like 10 ways to 10 ways to pick up the woman at the bar and it's like no, first, first no her eye color in small detail so he we we see all that it's blue and he he goes running and we see this weird pat that pat bateman style like clamped down super tight clinically run life i almost feel like the records in his collection are like the top 10 best jazz albums the top 10 best motown or like that a bunch of it is glenn gold and um there's a bunch of classical Mm -hmm. in there too so he listens to classical but he does i always like to like freeze like pause a movie and zoom in on their bookshelves and see what's on their. Sh- I didn't do that for this one because it was too early. Too but early, right? I always find that interesting. What what books he has? Well, Blondie. On the the, they the uh, he has Blondie. He has Howlin' Wolf. As far as records, because right. I have I like the soundtrack. Yeah, so yeah, the soundtrack isn't. The score is amazing in this, by the way. The score, well, and the use of score. We actually mm-hmm. see it in Twelve Years a Slave. They, uh, McQueen does the same thing. And I'm, I haven't actually seen Hunger, but we'll see how, if that happens in Hunger mm-hmm. too. But there's a great moment near the end where the score, he goes into a dance club. Well, he, he basically goes into a, a gay sex a gay club. Sex club yeah. But there's like, you know, 80s electro pop playing. It's like, but behind it, they're playing his theme. Yeah. In the strings. Yep. And the strings and that fucking like pulsing dance music clash so yeah. hard. But it's amazing. That on top of the color, on top of the reds. Yeah. And and, and the, where uh. Fastbender and Fastbender's performance too, because mm-hmm. he this is after he's been punched, he's drunk. This is him at he's full he implode. Is, he's yeah, fully yeah. imploding. His very lowest. So seeing his performance with that weird dissonance clash of strings and that red light, that that scene is so fucking stunningly I think that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie it's amazing yeah um we'll skip well I'll, I'll tell you what mine is right now and we'll talk about it when sure. we get to it but my favorite scene in the whole movie is when he's watching cartoons and his sister sits down next to him mm. Mm. that's the marlin sorry scene. oh god that yeah. is an, that's fucking amazing yeah. dude. no that one gets the asterisks for sure it's and you know daniel has interesting ways of like popping in the room at certain scenes yeah like she of all the tits and all the fun shit, and she had, she's walked in on that scene. I had my headphones in, so she sure. couldn't hear what was going on. She looked at the screen. She's like, oh, 
oh, this is, it's Michael Fassbender. This is like a normal movie happening. Wow, shame is probably all show, the fun. It's probably all fun. And as soon as she goes back and she starts taking a shower, it's like, oh my God, there's so many fucking sexes in this Because that's movie their now. big, imp- yeah, that's that's his big, big imp- fight, the implosion fight, scene. Which no, sends wait, him it's in the not. spiral. The big implosion scene No, he's like, you, I'm going to leave and you're going to fucking be gone. Like, you're going to move out. And she oh, said, no. well, then I'll never yeah, see you is, again. And he's it. like, no, you're going to be, f- well, we're going to have this conversation again. He's like, no, you're, you're going to be move. gone. Yeah. You're going to leave. Yeah. That is the big implosion yeah. scene. Yeah. Yeah. Cause- but the fact that he's watching those, the Mary Melodies fucking black and white cartoon in the back mm-hmm. and it's constantly going when the scene ends and the cartoon is still going, my brain was just like, it was like, holy shit. Like. It's one of the things I so my first note I suppose we should go through these yeah, eventually. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. my first note is this is a movie where the long shot and lingering gaze of Sean Bobbitt, that's the cinematographer's name, who the guy who works with McQueen with on his McQueen first three films. Yeah. Well, first for, three. for those first yeah, 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 three, yeah. he does Hunger, Shame, and Twelve Years. And Twelve Years. So I said where the long shot and lingering gaze of Sean Bobbitt are so, so effective. The movie is almost impressionistic, as in Mm -hmm. impressionism. Yeah, absolutely. Before we even know, before we learn anything about Brandon, before we we even... (laughs) Shot one? Yeah, before we we even know his name, we learn so much about him from watching him, watching him watching, and watching... The way that he watches, and by that I mean watching as he, not watching as he is watching someone else, but watching in the way that he watches. Yes. Because the camera lets us look like Michael Fassbender where he's, is looking. Where he's gazing. Yeah. So there's no dialogue in this until the first sex worker, and that's totally just in passing dialogue. The first real where she, oh my he, yeah, where he's yeah. like, "There's the money," she, and she's like, "She's good," and he goes right this way. That's the whole. That's, that's it. So yeah. it's totally like just incidental dialogue the first real dialogue of the movie is nine minutes and 15 seconds in. i was gonna say it fell about 10 minutes in so this and make, there's not, it's sparse in yeah. this movie anyways oh, which yeah. i also fucking i love. loved it i adored it yeah. the, the, make no mistake about it 12 years a slave is an oscar winner movie this movie is an art house movie this movie oh, is yeah. too arty for oscars yeah i in a lot of ways it I think did this not is a, do well domestically or it didn't it didn't make its money back in, the, in like domestic gross but this is one of my favorite movies I put I know that, and you're probably just well, guessing but well you see you know how I work I think we've had yeah. the, the conversation where it takes me sometimes a day or two to cook on a movie mm-hmm. before I really like settle into it yeah. or a play like a new play if I go see one I'm like I'm not sure how I feel but two days later I'm like nope brilliant sometimes it takes, you, it takes me a while especially something like this where I feel like that is for, for as little that quote unquote happens right or for as little dialogue this is dense as fuck it's really subtle yeah it's really all like small nuance mm-hmm. stuff so and I haven't which actually, on the surface and like if you were just to watch this someone was to pop this in on a Friday night yeah I'd be like what the fuck are we watching and uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd, be, I'd catch myself nodding off like what you kinda, the f- you kinda, you're not allowed to bring movies to party parties anymore you watch this with purpose yeah i used to spin this for friends all the time mm-hmm. but it, like specific well, for friends. like actor friends or like uh, filmmaker Act, friends actors. Or, yeah, i'd yeah, have yeah, actor yeah. friends come over and they'd be like you want to watch something and i'm like you gotta do you want to watch you want to watch you want to just put do you want to watch on? a movie or do you want to watch do you want me to watch do you want to watch a film something? Yeah. yeah so i always tell people pulp fiction is my favorite movie because it's mm-hmm. the movie that basically started me on movies that's a good gateway drug man pulp fiction is fucking hell for a of lot a movie. of reasons <laughs> but I, I think in a weird way 
this movie always exists as my shadow number one. Okay. There's something about the way it's shot and the performances and the subtlety and the, you're right, that stillness, because this is the, this was the first time I, this is my first Steve McQueen movie. Mm -hmm. This is the first time I'd ever seen a movie. Sometimes the long shot is a gimmick, like in Rope. Yes. Or in Russian Ark or whatever it's called. It's so you can say, hey, you know that we did this all in one shot. Yeah. You watch Atomic Blonde and you're like, oh man, the fight scene is one shot. This movie uses a one shot, the long shot, the, uh, the one angle, no cut in such a way that it. It, it 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 transcends a gimmick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know what it does. It's 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 breaking it, it. It's holding it so long, to the point where it stops becoming you watching a movie. You know what I mean? It's like there. W- w- in watching a movie, sometimes you'll notice the cut. So you're, you'll notice a a change in the score, or you see the filmmaking happening, mm-hmm. and you're aware that it's filmmaking happening. You in, know what I mean? So you can't. No, I'm saying in general. Watch. Oh movie. yeah, 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 yeah. And and here, because of the length of shot and because it isn't a gimmick, there's this weird turning turning point that happens for me, where it's it stops. That part of my brain shuts down like you're watching a movie. Part of my brain. Yeah. And then I just start to absorb it. Yeah. Instead the, of like being aware of, oh, that's really interesting use of color, or do you see what he did with his eyes there? Oh, isn't that a cute? That all starts to because we're allowed that time to sort of just live in in mm-hmm. that space. Yeah. That little part of my brain starts to shut down, and I just become absorbed in the moment. There's parts which is of so this, fucking amazing, and that doesn't happen. No, it's this. There's parts of this movie. It's like watching a play. For me, it's almost like watching real life. That's yeah. That's what I think. That's a better way of saying what I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's there's so many there's so many movies that are like you know like you'll you'll feel like you're there or you'll forget mm-hmm. it's not real. But it never ever ever really lives up it to that. It Doesn't no. Like found footage movies are meant to like force but you. But that into, again is a gimmick. It's a gimmick. It's that weird gimmicky thing. This movie. And I'm constantly wondering how they. Oh, how they do that? Ooh, how, how they, they do, do that? that? Well, this movie. It, we talked about it a little bit in 12 years where Sean Bobbitt and Steve McQueen will set a camera up and they'll set their actors and they'll say, go. And the actors will start doing stuff. Yeah. And then you have the point in your head and you're like, and scene. And then Steve McQueen's like, hold. Yeah. Hold. And he mm. lets you run. It's not like, let's give him an extra five seconds to linger. It's like, give him four more minutes. And you're like, what? What? There's whole scenes That's in here. That's where you find those yeah. moments though oh my god yeah some of the most beautiful moments in this movie some of the strangest there's there's a moment I, I, I will skip ahead right now because no, I want to talk about yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're going to skip ahead to literally the climax of the film the, <laughs> the threesome okay there are shots in here that let you linger so long that it starts to be surreal mm-hmm. where you see you see the thing you're looking at and you know how if you look at a word too many times it stops seeing like a real word yeah it looks weird like it's like it's written in a different language or there are there are scenes in this movie that where steve mcqueen lets you look so long that you stop comprehending what you're seeing okay so i thought maybe i was just a little bit tired and i was like oh i need a cup of coffee because bodies were starting to be all like play-doh weird they pick they pick amazing angles yeah i cannot stress enough that sean sean bobbitt's particular eye his particular angles and the details that he finds to show you are unparalleled 
with the exception of Roger Deakins. Mm-hmm. I can't ever not give Roger <laughs> Deakins credit. You always give the tip of the cap. You always to Mr. Deakins. To Mr. Like, Deakins, but seriously, Sean. Sh- I, if it if there's a Mount Rushmore of cinematographers yeah. for me right now, it's Sean Bobbitt and Roger Deakins, and we'll watch some Spielberg films and right. see if I can add that guy. <laughs> but like seriously, okay. So I want to skip to the to the 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 threesome. At the end, when Brandon's totally imploding, we've seen this like long shitty night. We saw the. This crazy, the crazy uh, try to pick up the girl at the bar, the fight he makes the boyfriend smell. That is his such fingers. a fucking great detail. Oh though, my you can God. see the the divorce, divorcement. The you can see how divorced you're Brandon, doing a Carl word. That's amazing. <laughs> divorcerner, divorcerner. You can no, I get see you. how divorced from reality Brandon yes. is when he's like. There's this giant fucking biker. Unless he's trying to... I almost thought that he's trying to get himself in a situation where he gets a, a beat down. Or he's completely... I don't know. I feel like he's... Well, it's that It's that thing. It's Because this... Uh, I watched all the special features, which on, oh, okay. unfortunately on this Blu-ray are fairly meager. Mm. There's no commentary track. A lot of it's just like the, the Fox release, like promos oh, for the, the promo movie. shit. All so right. they... But still, I, you do glean some stuff from them. And one of the things I gleaned was that... The way that McQueen and Fassbender talked about Brandon and and uh, went at the role was that it's drug addiction, and they treated it like a drug addiction. It, it's just this drug happens to involve another person and has repercussions outside yourself. And what's really interesting is, you know, okay, so you know, I, I was actually talking. That's really interesting, man. So you know when you're when you're into a drug habit. And you're, you know, they call they call it chasing the dragon, yep. where you do a little bit more, and you mm-hmm. do a little bit more because you're trying to recapture well, that you can't, first yeah, euphoria because you be, you build up a tolerance, a tolerance to it. I was actually talking to a longtime heroin addict the other day. Um, I think we both know him, friend mm-hmm. of ours, and he was telling me that when you get like way when you get deep into a, a habit, when you get really way into opiates, you start listening for stories. Of batches that are killing junkies Because if it's strong enough To kill a junkie that means it's really Strong fuck me so they go Looking for the drugs that have Been killing people because that's that's The, one the that strongest probably... stuff Isn't that fucked up Jesus, dude. Yeah he used the words you start Gravitating towards death And I think In a weird way that's what Brandon's Doing here. yeah because he's in a more He's in a kind of a more seedy part Of town he's yeah. not in like Manhattan well, at a club. So he's he essentially like a biker bar or something. But we see him have sex. He's having sex with a sex worker. Mm-hmm. He's watching porn constantly. He's live cams. He's masturbating at work. He's uh, he has sex with a sex worker pressed up against the glass because he saw it. Someone else doing it. Yeah, yeah but it's this. It, but it's it's also like you're, push, oh, you're pushing you're pushing yourself. it. It's like yeah. now we're now it's exhibitionism. This is a cr- yep. this is something you could get arrested. And now I'm for. jerking off at work. There's a you're, chance of you're getting pushing caught. It, you're, you're pushing, pushing it. it. And then finally, when he he goes to this bar, I feel like in a weird way he's like, this is dangerous. Yeah. If I fuck with this guy, he could beat me up. But it's all it's all still. But tied I could to also sex. possibly fuck this girl. I don't even know if it's about that. I think it's more in a weird way. It's about. Um, I mean, we're we're talking about a movie that's all about sex addiction. Mm-hmm. So let's ju- let's just get gritty. Yeah, it's more about the shame and humiliation and the and the power dynamic there. It's still totally sexual. I don't think he. I think he knows he doesn't really have a shot at having sex with this okay. woman. But I think in a weird way, it's this sort of like minor cuckolding of her boyfriend. Of her boyfriend, where all he's right. like. 
hey man, smell, do you smell my fingers? Yeah. I just, that's I your just lady. finger fucked your girlfriend. Yeah. And there's a weird, that's getting him off. That yeah. is totally getting Brandon off in that moment. Oh, you can see it in his face too. Yeah. He has a victory shot. He's getting that it's little like, dopamine yeah. dump where he's just like, yeah, that's yep. right. I, fu- I And he can't do shit. And the guy, the guy backs off. Yep. He does. And he Brandon, he's got him. Yeah. So that's, and then in a weird way, I even think that the, the beating it's part of that. It's part of it. Because Absolutely. it's like, here's the repercussions for my dirty sexual And now I have, to be, I have to be punished for that. And then he, think about that. He ramps up to going to a gay club. Mm-hmm. He's, and the, it's really important to note that this isn't like, and that's, that's the ultimate low because now he's gay. It's oh, just no, Brandon that, is straight. Yep. And he's, the only reason he's at the gay club is to push himself way outside of his own boundaries his own normal, and breaking right. all of his own personal taboos. Yep. That's just fucking insane. And then, so this is all happening. And this is when we get the phone, the the, uh, the sound design in this movie is the, the audio choices they make are genius. Cause yep. this is when Sissy calls him after they've had their big fight and he's yep. like, you need to move the fuck out. Um, that's a real, another really interesting thing that came from those, the meager special features where Steve McQueen's talking about the, di- the reason that Brandon and Sissy are so interesting to play together. And the actors talk about the dynamics when they play yeah. and it's Michael fast or Brandon is always imploding and cri- and Sissy is always exploding. exploding. Yeah. So we, cause that'd be really boring if they were both doing the same like thing at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> we're secluded into the corner. Or if they're both this ex- almost worse if they're both exploding all the right, time. Right. Cause then you have a Tennessee Williams play. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. No, Nothing. but no, but you're right though. Yeah. Then you have cat on a hot tin roof where everyone's just yelling. I love Tennessee Williams, time. but yeah. I had to take a shot. <laughs> when you see him, you swing baby. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but when, um, we we get a, a, a like a hint earlier that Sissy has it, she was a cutter when she was young. Yeah. We don't know if it was just cutting or if it was suicide. Because attempts. when it's mentioned earlier, she said, "Oh, I was bored. I was bored a lot. Yeah, or I was I was bored." And the boss says, "Wow, you must have been bored a lot." Right. So she has, she has a multiple. lot of cuts on her yeah. arms. So and they kind of gloss it a little. It's it's one of those things. In in another movie, we would call it the nuclear the, power plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The foreshadowing and the yeah. Right, but it's it isn't the way it's treated is so incidental. Such That's a, craftsmanship, right it's there. Such a light touch. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Oh. There's there are several moments of foreshadowing that I'm completely like until when they're paying off. I'm like, holy shit! I can't believe. How did you yeah. sneak that one in there? <laughs> Motherfucker! <laughs> like because you immediately remember yeah the callback and you're like. That was so fucking subtle. One of my favorite callbacks Jesus. is the calls. The movie starts with someone calling Brandon, yeah, Brandon again and again and again, and they are leaving messages. And you think you don't know who it is if it's his think, wife or an ex girlfriend. Ex girlfriend. You think at first because yeah. we get we get the sense really early, and I promise I am building up to talking about the threesome. Like I said, no, I, I know, but but we do get the sense that he right off the bat that that beautiful that that stunning opening shot of him laying in bed with his eyes open staring at the ceiling Mm. it's that's amazing yeah that's amazing it's a portrait it's a you paint that i was watching so carefully and you can't see him breathe and that scene is like two minutes yeah and you're like how how is he doing that (laughs) he's like super fit dude he is okay two things let's get him out of the way michael fassbender is shredded zero percent body fat you can see every muscle and two donkey dick oh my god yeah when he's peeing you can see his dick hanging between his legs he's hung as fuck there's a couple scenes where he walks from uh the bedroom through to the kitchen Mm -hmm. and you see it swinging and you're like 
That's like two inches above his knee. I kind of I turtled <laughs> a little bit. I'm like, I'm not a real man. Yeah, I know. You feel shame. Yeah, you kind of do. <laughs> well, the first time I watched it with Bird, he walked into the kitchen and she paused it and she turned and she was like, was that his real dick? <laughs> so I was like, hold on, go to the internet. Yeah. And then I, like five minutes later, you have to do the thing where you mumble yep. and you're like, well, yes, it was. Yep, yep, sure. Yeah. That's, and that's she's not like, penises a... look, hung- they come like that? And I'm yeah. like, no, only if, only in Ireland. God damn it. <laughs> that's not a boogie night stick. That is a. <laughs> no, it's fucking, it's fucking wild, dude. Yeah, it's almost, if there's the one thing that almost takes you out of the movie, it's how big it's how big Fassbender's dick is. is. I know. And that's by the way, I'm joking. His dick had his lines learned before he nothing did. takes you out of this movie. Oh, um, and I have I have some fun little trivia as we go through the scene where he's peeing. That's literally just Michael Fassbender I taking so. a piss. Yep. And that's the seventh take. That's the seventh take in a row. He's got the cleanest kidneys. <laughs> Holy shit. That take of him pissing is the seventh take, and he pisses for like for a minute. Like sixty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Oh while carrying, because he has to keep peeing while the uh, while the while audio the plays, going. so it has to be a good born, like a, a good long one. Seconds, yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, so so we get this weird that weird repetitive bit where mm-hmm. we he hits play on the answering machine and ignores it. Yeah. He's walking around naked. We see him jerk off in the shower. So we're starting, and this is where I, this is what I mean when I talk about like the impressionist nature of yeah. the film. We get the sense that this is a man who is. Right off the bat, very sexual, and you kind of already have an idea based on if you know anything about the movie or if you know the title that we're dealing with a sexual addiction. Yeah. So you're thinking, is this a one-night stand and he's blowing her off? So when his sister shows up and we find out, he goes, you got to fucking call when you come to town. She goes, I called. I called so, so many, many times. times. And you're like, oh, my God, it was, that his, was his sister. sister. Yeah. Which is even more fucking dissonant because when they're having that discussion, she's completely naked in front of him. And neither of them acknowledge it. Well, there's a there's a towel that they yeah. throw back and forth, but neither of them seems particularly bothered by it. There's a weird dynamic between there those is. two. I kept, there are moments in this scene in this movie. Where I'm like, please don't. I, I've seen the movie <laughs> Don't go Lannister honestly For one of my favorite movies I've only seen this movie for Four or five times mm-hmm. And I cannot tell you Whether or not there's An openly incestuous relationship here. Right Or if they're just very close And Well it comes We'll talk about it right yeah. now Because we, Sorry I know we, we went well, away no, From we, the threesome But I think the It's the important because now it, we yeah. have We have all the pieces in the place pieces. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. we're gonna call back her calls and leaving messages mm-hmm. because we hear her she calls and he doesn't answer because he's fully imploding yep and when he gets to the apartment where he has the threesome we hit basically we hit play on the message she left on his cell phone and she's breaking down and crying mm-hmm. and she's basically like thanks for letting me stay i'm gonna get out of your hair yeah. um She's like, please pick up, please pick up, please pick up. I need to talk to you. I really need you right now, Brandon. And it's strange because not for the first time in this movie, her dialogue sounds like like um, things that people say in porn. I need I really oh, need I you need right you. Yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because earlier when she's there's a there's a I know we're jumping all over, but when we jump at the beginning and he's watching porn in bed the first night she's there, he's watching porn and we hear like, Oh, oh, give it to me, give it to me. I want it, I want it. And then we hear her on the phone in the living room and she goes, I love you so much. I will do anything. anything. I'll do mm-hmm. anything you want. Pleading I'll do anything for yep. you. And that is a porn line. Yeah. I'll do anything you want. Mm, I'll do anything for you. But to hear her sobbing that 
porn porn dialogue while he's, while watching, he's watching porn, porn. it creates this fucking sh- schism in your brain yep this little break and you can see it happen to yeah, him it's a too crevasse. yeah it's like you get wedged in there too so there's it's so uncomfortable and it's fucked up because she is she is giving voice to her emotions mm-hmm. and he is avoiding his emotions by blunting them with porn exactly but it's the same words so later when he's in the threesome we the threesome is one of the most okay look it's three naked people yeah they are all attractive naked people mm-hmm and yet somehow it is the most horrifying thing I've ever seen. It is so, so strange. It is among watch. the most beautifully shot mm-hmm. scenes. I, I think that we It's can, like they're the most beautiful humans, but they're also And the angles, the, yeah. the, the angles are really strange. There's a particular shot that I, I think I noted it. Um Fiespenner's ribs at one point look inhuman. There's a there's a shot where he we don't see his head, we see the curve the of his side, back yes, and yes. his ass, and his his back and ass are like undulating <clears> as he thrusts. Yep. And it the the particular angle they picked, it looks like ocean waves. Yep. It's so weird. It's like a it's like, you know, when you're doing battle ropes, mm-hmm. like the, the sine wave that it that makes. Goes in, 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 in. It doesn't look like a human body should be able to do what Michael Fassbender's doing. No. And And the musculature and some of the bone matter that's because of the way he's that just doesn't look human there are there are shots in here uh, uh, like whatever you think about the movie as a whole Mm -hmm. that whole sequence i think is like unimpeachably shot it is one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen Mm -hmm. in that it is it should be erotic and And is somehow horrifying instead well fassbender's face is doing a lot of that work we're gonna get to that in the end god damn it so um, is it possible for a human to carry six emotions on their face at the same time? There's yes, the shallow depth of field mm-hmm. where the camera, they don't even need to pull focus. They just move it's the camera just, a little and stuff fades in and out of focus. Yes. There's the fact that they're like what we're watching should be erotic and beautiful. But there's a scene where uh, the blonde girl's on her back and she has her hips raised and Michael Fassbender's just pounding into her. Yeah. And the Asian girl, the Asian woman, is trying to kiss the blonde girl, and she can't get her, her mouth on it because it's lips, being banged so hard. Her lips are moving too far out, and their violence mm-hmm. that is woven into that moment is disturbing. Yep, because it's like, oh, I'm gonna kiss her. It's so erotic, but can't like because there's because too the, much too much force. Yeah, the, too much, the, yeah. the fucking has become something else. Yeah, in a weird there's way. There's no, there's no, there's no space for passion. There's not. There isn't. There isn't. There absolutely isn't because a kiss—that's something. A kiss is something that, yes, while sensual, is also emotional. Mm-hmm. But there's no, there is no space for emotion in the violence of Brandon's lust. Even here. if you want to, even if you want it, you can't achieve it because it's, there's, yeah. Yeah. So we talked earlier about how there's some stuff that when you look at it, uh, McQueen shows you something for so long that it becomes like surreal. Yeah. This is the moment I'm talking about. They shoot. Near the end, when Brandon is reaching his orgasm, they shoot Brandon's face. They get the camera on Michael Fassbender. And you see on Michael Fassbender's face, you see physical pain. Because you got to remember, this is his third sexual encounter tonight. Yeah, he's probably a little bit. And he's also been beaten pretty badly. So you see physical pain. You see just sadness. Mm -hmm. You see pleasure. You see him taking physical pleasure. You see... 
interest in what's happening and then you see phases of disinterest where he like tunes in and then tunes out and then that's when they switch positions so he can re-engage his brain because his habit has gone so far yeah you gotta try the other vein now like threesome with three women there's this uh, there's a great Michael Fassbender quote from one of the interviews where he says there's no place at all to hide in this script and the only reason I decided to do this is I, is how much I trust Steve McQueen. There's a moment where Michael Fassbender has his face between a woman's ass cheeks. Yes. He's a, there's I have no I mean I'm sure that there's some, there's some strip uh, or something. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. There's a, a dental dam or something. He's really. he is all but on camera like licking this girl's asshole. Mm-hmm. It's. And you see him, you see Brandon doing it just to go that extra step. He's like, where a threesome is not enough anymore. And he's like, I need to find ways to subvert this and twist it. even make this even, yeah. So, but I I just cut us out of the face shot, but there's a shot of his face that's like two two or three minutes of him, not that quite that long, but it's like two minutes of him thrusting, violently thrusting. And you see despair. And there's a moment I wrote down McQueen lets us look at Michael Fassbender's face for so long that it stops looking like a face. I can't there's no way to properly <laughs> to properly um to, ex- to explain this. No, there isn't. But it's it's you literally stops looking like a face. It starts looking like, like a demon or like yeah, an because impish he's, mask. he's it's morphing he, he it's I mean Tip of the cap to Mr. Fassbender, of course, but the, the, the that range of emotion that that's part of it too, because it almost it's like it's like clay being formed and never taking, never settling on the Anywhere. shape. You think that you're okay. This is fear. No, great, what is it now? That's a great way to describe it. It's like sand art. It's constantly changing, and it's, you can't ever settle. And then it's, your brain doesn't have anything to to. You stop, yeah. You stop being able to register the emotion, so I think you, you can't sort follow of like, along anymore. No, and so your your brain is like, "What am I looking at now?" There's um, it, it it's like watching a sculptor with invisible hands yes. say like, "I'm gonna make it sad," and then change his mind and make it happy, and then make it in agony. But, but you, there's no break in between. There's no break. It's just the uh, hands working mm-hmm. furiously to remold Michael yep. Fassbender's face into this wide swath. Of infinitely deep emotion yeah. And it, my- it goes And it goes And then at the end When he's in the last like 20 seconds or the 30 seconds of the climax yeah. He gets this like Grimace of Excruciating pain And his face goes red with blood And you see the veins like pulsing in his forehead in almost like agony like- And it stays that way for so long It, it, it's, he's, it starts to look like like his like the the screen looks like it's melting. There are no effects. No. There's no effects. No. I'm okay. what I'm describing is entirely in in my head and in my perception watching this. It almost looks like his face is turning to wax or melting or he looks like the scream. Mm-hmm. He looks like the guy from the scream where his face like loses like, feature. It's oh. it's like nothing I've ever seen because you're McQueen says like look at how hideous that moment of climax can be and everyone has jokes about the O face right. But <laughs> yeah. in this context, look at how look at how hideous this look is. How hideous this is, and you look at it for so long that you 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 cease to recognize it as yeah. a face. It's just some horrible thing you're seeing. Disfigured, instead. yeah. And remember, yeah. Sissy's voicemail is playing playing over the whole time. The top of this. So while we're watching him like pounding into this girl, 
we hear Sissy go, I really need you, Brandon. I need you right now. Porn dialogue. Yeah. But it, what she's doing is delivering this like insane emotional this plea. So like, well, we spoilers. We're gonna find out that Sissy tries to kill herself tonight, mm-hmm. this night, like now. This is her call for help. Yes, and he doesn't pick up because he's in a threesome because he's having a. And full, he never picks up. He never picks up. This is like his mother on the phone telling him about cancer or something. No, that's Sissy. Is that she's Sissy saying, being a dick. She's being a dick. She's like. I have cancer, Brandon. The worst kind. Right, right, cancer okay. of the vulva. And then he cancels <laughs> right, it. Right, right. Or he shuts it off. But there's a one of my fa- my my favorite line in the whole movie is when he's sees like in the middle of the throes of this three way, and it's one of the moments when we see Fassbender looking just like you know that have you ever had that moment in sex where you're like you're like, fuck, I'm so close to coming, but I just can't fucking come. And you yep. look pissed. You have that like, you're like, like God damn it. You're like, God, what the fuck? So usually when I have whiskey dick, but yes. You see, <laughs> please, you see that moment where he's like, if I could just get like one more thing right, right I yeah. could come. But I just like a boob in the hand or if I could just get a and the, the one extra thing. And right. seeing it from... Seeing it on Brandon's face isn't indicative of like that that kind of like borderline comedic like right, I right. just can't get off moment. <laughs> right. It's it's indicative of his sickness. Yes, the the the, the sickness that he no sickness is the wrong word. This addiction. Addiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he the the line comes and Sissy is crying on the phone and she says we're not bad people. We just come from a bad place. Which I think is the only... We come from a bad place? Oh, there's... This is not the time for humor. I, I, I think... Is it though? Well, I do... I don't, I don't think the way that I, the the way that I read it was, this is our only, because they have a really weird relationship. Yes. They have a very weird relationship. uncomfortable, actually. We find out they're from Jersey. Yep. They never talk about their parents. No. Sissy has no, it doesn't seem weird to either of them that... Michael that that Brandon should be talking to her while she's naked in a shower. She right. comes out in a t-shirt later where you can clearly see her breasts. She hugs him several times and he is always very uncomfortable at the the touch. Yep. Later, he jumps on her on the yeah, couch totally her naked. With a, just a towel wrapped around him. Yeah. So and there's all of these weird overt sexual cues that are floating around in this brother sister relationship. Even their conversation on the couch is a very close conversation. It is very, yeah. There's a lot of strangeness that's difficult to unpack, and I think this is the only line that gives us any insight into what might be going on right. there. I think this is the implication of either them being abused by their father, mm-hmm. or their, who knows, their mother, their parents, or having a strange experience with each other when they were children right or maybe it's just we grew up in a bad neighborhood and things were hard right and it damaged both of us but we just don't know right it's ambiguous as hell and that's <laughs> i kind of love it that's what life is like yeah that's why i like this yep. is, you know we're a, not given answers that's right life sometimes most of the time doesn't give you answers in a big old hollywood production they'd be like Brandon. Oh, we, we would have had a flashback to their childhood and their uncle fucking them in the or butt. Like, like, like just, 
Brandon, we we're not bad people. We were just both molested by our father right. several times. You in need our to early give, te- you need to forgive Dad. Right. He's been buried for twenty years. And that's now. why I right. love fucking Jim Jarmusch and Steve McQueen and David yeah. Lynch because you get those studio notes where like make this more clear. And the no. director just turns Life and is isn't like, "Fucking clear, you do Take your money and get off my set. Right? No, seriously, take your bag of money. You can leave. But it's the money. It's my vision. Ah, uh, it's fine. Fastbender said he'd do it for free, so go fuck yourself. When did like, you? When have you ever seen something? I love. Okay, their relationship is very uncomfortable. Yes, but it's one of my favorite relationships in a film because you, it is. It is what it is. It's mm-hmm. a relationship. This is how they behave, and fuck you. You don't need to know why. No. Because it's them, you don't always it's, know why. And, and a lot, of, just like in real life, it's their business. It's Absolutely, not, it's not my business. Absolutely, it's their shit. Like I adore, <laughs> this is a movie without, by the way, a past or a future. Really? No, it's that's one another thing that I loved about it. You were just dropped in. There are no, like I said, there are no friends. You get a, a sense of his workplace and like the, his relationship with his boss, right? But other than that, it's like there is no. Well, Backstory and, and there is no I don't even know what fucking company he works for Or what they do Internet technologies <laughs> of the future And bail bonds Internet core <laughs> Right um, Yeah so <laughs> speaking of his boss That bit when he's like your hard drive's filthy man Cause they take his computer oh, right, and Cause it's been broken he's for been, three days He's been surfing porn at work and saving it to his hard drive And then they take his computer and they're like, his boss is like The IT guy's like Jesus bro You got a virus man you think your intern did it Cause man your computer's loaded with Four porn. terabytes of nothing but anal And cream and he's pies like, and He's like gangbang anal double anal Triple penetration cream pies I don't, I don't even, even know, know what that is either. And I'm like you clearly haven't watched very much you porn. Need a, just do yourself a favor. Watch one porn. Yeah. I mean. Here, here, here let me just, give me give me your keyboard. Pornhub.com. Right. Right. All right, go for it. Just click anything. <laughs> Five <laughs> hours later, he's like, just splayed out. He's got <laughs> coconut oil rubbed all over himself. It's like, this is the most amazing he's thing. Eating, I'm selling the business. He's eating popcorn with the same <laughs> coconut oil like, hand. It's delicious. It's so salty. <laughs> he's got two screens going <laughs> oh now. God. And it's just like, yeah, there you go. Sophomore year of college. <laughs> that's a cream pie. <laughs> Here's a super cut of an hour of them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Wait, they make those? Mm-hmm. Oh, nothing, totally. Nothing totally, just buddy. But you just want to see cum shots for the next four here, hours? Hold on. Let me get you a grab bag going on this screen And over here we're gonna do six hours Of the the one thing you didn't think existed (laughs) But there's a hundred hours hours of it So that was the, that's one of the moments in the movie where I'm just like, does his boss really not know what a cream? But pie he is? might not because he's really bad at like one talking to women. He is. He is married and has kids. He behaves I, like the men's health. Yes. Pickup. Yes. Guys. Yes, he does. He is the one that's doing the whole. Hey, so better than better. Ah, he's can I get uh, can I get four the... shots of your uh, best tequila? You know, right. I'm really successful, and I think the key to my success is my attention to detail. Right. And like, what color are my eyes? He's like, I'll fucking know. Paisley. Plaid. <laughs> oh, that was the wrong answer. Oregano. That's a spice. Ah, Beetlejuice. Brandon, you play. And he's like, that's and that's one of the things I like about Brandon because that note where they're at the bar and the ladies, they all close their eyes and they're like, right. what color are her eyes? What color are her eyes? And he knows. He's like brown, blue. Mm-hmm. And they're, he's right both times. And you, th- that note to me, on like the third watching or this watching, right. struck me as kind of dark because he's watched, he's watched so much porn and so had had so much sex and has just been so in inundated with sex that there's what if he's not watching like genitals or breasts Probably anymore? Probably isn't. He watches so much porn that he 
automatically is like, huh, her eyes are really expressive. Where maybe it's the it's her eyes or her hair or weird right. side details now that he's noticing because he's seen the he's other seen stuff so, so much. Many. Yeah. Well, there's a thing that does happen when you watch so much of that. You do get like desensitized, just like with anything else. It's like totally. I've seen a million breasts. I've seen a th- ten thousand vajujus, and it's like at some point. And yet, breasts and vajujus never, uh, never cease to amaze me. <laughs> I know they're always beautiful, aren't they? But um, there's a really. <laughs> let me jump <laughs> after that. Let me jump yeah, back yeah. into the yeah, film. Yeah. Um, so I want to jump back to the beginning and kind of work through some notes because my yep. God, there's so many notes. Uh, after that first. As far as cinematography goes, yeah. we saw some of it in 12 Years a Slave, but after the first sex worker, it's technically it's the, first technically dialogue. the first dialogue. Yeah. She comes in and he, they count out the money and they go to the bedroom. And this, I think, is really interesting because Bird and I, have uh, we've been covering Lost Girls on Chapman and Robin, which is erotica. It's erotica, yeah. So we've been talking about that and we've been talking about how the way that Alan Moore and Melinda Gebby treat erotica is in, in beautiful curves and lines. Alan Moore? Alan Moore wrote it, yeah. He Holy wrote, fuck. Okay. He wrote an ode to Victorian erotica. It's pretty fucking awesome, Carl. You should check it out. Or check out Chapman and Robin, available on iTunes. But um, th- the way they approach erotica is in small detail, subtle detail, um, violation of taboos, and utilizing the embarrassment that comes with breaking taboos, embarrassment as erotic, um, stuff like that. Okay. So when that sex worker comes in, and she's like, all right, let's get to fucking. And she starts peeling layers off. And Fassbender's laying like almost comatose on the bed. And he goes slowly. Yeah. You realize that it isn't just the like grunt and hump that he's after. He's seeking. He's looking for something. Yeah. He's seeking some kind of experience. He's he's in his um, addiction. He's elevated it to like. A state of like connoisseurship at this stage of his addiction. Like I want to smell the cork before I yeah put my beak in the glass. Now there's a really interesting. <laughs> speaking of smelling, by the way, when he first runs into his sister, here's another fucking weird note. When he first runs into his sister, he goes back out into the living room to give her some privacy while she finishes finishes her shower. He picks up her scarf with his baseball oh, yeah, bat he and he smells her scarf. So there's another, and again. Don't know what that no, don't means. know what that means. Not sure, but it's another one of those. And here's here's the theory of mine, which I'm basing kind of on Lost Girls, is giving their brother sister relationship that touch of taboo adds to the discomfiture we feel at his his overall mm-hmm. like sexual addiction. Because for for the uh, in in Lost Girls, there is the comic book, there is overt incest that happens several times mm-hmm. so bird and i went looking and we're like what the fuck why is alan Moore like filling this book with incest did you know that incest is actually incest porn is the most searched for porn in the united states get the fuck out that is the number one porn category searched for in the united states so much so that the porn tubes the porn aggregators right, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of them have started installing buttons right on the top that will filter out incest results because there are so many there was a uh, uh, i think it was three months ago or five months ago bird and i were talking about the, we did mm-hmm. the research for lost Girls. right yeah, yeah pornhub had so much incest porn uploaded every day that their homepage for a week straight was all incest videos oh because it's like the most viewed most watched well, most and also right. like new uploads. new uploads it was like yeah. new uploads trending hot Jesus. whatever their categories are their whole homepage was just incest porn that 
so and again i'm look i'm with you dude, yeah, dude. my eyes bugged out when i fucking read that because i'm we're, we're reading lost girls and we're like because for a long time it's just erotic and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden like, there's Ugh. incest and bird and i were like uh how do what do we do with this how do we talk about this because the the book is meant to be erotica this and the characters in the book treat it as erotic as erotic right so i'm like what the fuck go i, I welcome all of you at home go and do your google search um Incest porn is the most popular porn in the United States. Isn't that fucking wild? And now to to be non here I thought it was Star Wars parody. Dude, uh ten inch mutant ninja turtles <laughs> is one of the <laughs> coolest porn parodies I've ever seen. I <laughs> Bird and I watched it together one night. That's amazing. They rewrote a theme song for it with like porno oh lyrics. Oh my god. Dude, it's it's great. Ten inch mutant ninja turtles. <laughs> Go and check it out. I highly recommend it. But um but yeah, so and they're all brothers, to, though, so it makes it weird. <laughs> well, actually, the Ninja Turtles are off screen most of the time, and it's Casey fucking um, uh, the April O'Neil. April O'Neil, and then at the end, all the turtles come back and they do the weird like prosthetic green dick cum oh shots God, thing. It's amazing. really fun, dude. It's super fun. But to jumping back into the gross right. world of incest, really quick, not to be judgmental. To, to approach it in a non-judgmental way, because I've had to do that for the fucking comic right. for like yeah. four episodes now. I I can under I don't understand the appeal of incest, but I do understand the the sexual thrill that comes with violating a taboo. And mm-hmm. incest is a pretty fucking heavy taboo. I would almost clarify. It's the taboo, uh, like, right? Yes, yeah, I it's mean like, taboo almost not even taboo. It's more like well, it is it is taboo in the way that I mean, think about it. Right. Cannibalism is taboo. Oh, fair enough. So okay, like, I, I, you I, can get pretty extreme with that yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. So, in a weird way. I think some of the behavior we see from Brandon, because here's a here's a thought I just had. What if Carrie Mulligan's character, Sissy, doesn't really doesn't really see their relationship in a sexual way? She's just really comfortable around her brother. Mm-hmm. And part of her brother's shame is realizing because he hasn't seen her in for a long, a time. long, long time. What if the weirdness we're seeing is coming from Brandon? It kind of yeah, is it actually because Brandon, when he smells her, he's scarf, the one that's uncomfortable. There's a moment where, although I do have a note in here, when the um, that first scene when they when she comes out in the no bra with the white shirt and gives him a hug and he's really uncomfortable about it's just being completely touched. rigid. When yeah. he walks out of the room, I'm pretty sure Carrie Mulligan checks him out. There's a moment where she like glances down. I think she's like looking at his ass as he walks out of the room. So there is that there. Right. But for Brandon, who's gone so far, I can almost see. He's afraid that he would try it. No, I can. I can almost see him being ashamed of it for sure. Hey, bug. Uh, (laughs) Him him being ashamed of it for sure. But because he's pushed his addiction so far having that little moment of uh, uh, um i don't think it's intentional i don't think he's like ooh look at my sister no, no. but i do think that there's some part of his brain that is like that's sparking where it's like you know that's that's pretty wild this right. is it, and where he shuts it down like no you can see him shut yep. it down and clamp yep. it down repeatedly yep. but i do think there are moments in this movie to just just watching the screen i'm not sure i'm not positive this movie's really enigmatic right <laughs> but i do think there yeah, are, that comes back to the, the whole way this film is shot the way that this it's treated it, yeah. it's treated as like what as what it is a mature and highly complicated series of vignettes into real people's lives yes. is how it's treated 
So I do think that there are moments in here where Brandon is subconsciously or reflexively exploring that taboo and then realizing he's doing it it and clamping it down. And that kind of also drives him to sex workers to sex work, yeah, and yeah, yeah. to the massive implosion later like it's where he's like oh, I mean do you remember the scene where I'm sure you, you just watched it yeah I just watched this, it the scene where he throws away all his porn mags all of it all Boy, of his he sex has toys a huge, six full garbage bags full of smut like smut and vibrators yeah. and cock rings and all his of it. laptop the whole laptop the fact that he throws the laptop away really gives you a sense of just how, how low he is yeah, right now exactly so and sort of in a fear in a in a in a state too because he's not even really thinking clearly but he's just gonna throw a whole powered on laptop in a garbage bag and, and chuck it yeah like that's a, that's you're in a you're in a tizzy at that point like you're not even no we, yeah you're just I gotta get everything out of here he's like not well, even I, thinking clearly I, about uh, it just, oh god I wrote down the thingy when he throws it all away there's this bit where he fuck I have a note on it but oh. When he throws all of his shit away, when Sissy catches him jerking off in the right. bathroom, and they have when he gets on the the thing and yells at her, and, he, and then he leaves. Also, she is watching the sex worker that's, on the. That's internet. when she yeah. finds the cam girl. Yeah, and she's like, "Are you are you Brandon's, Brandon's girlfriend? girlfriend? Do you want to play with my tits? I know, I know what Brandon, know what Brandon likes. likes. Yeah. And that's when Brandon throws everything away. Yeah. And you know what? It's a lot like how an alcoholic, when they have their Find come the to bottle. Jesus moment, yeah. they throw. They dump All, everything. everything. Yeah. They'll take every bottle and dump it down the drain. Um, I actually know somebody. I was in the house once when someone, uh, an older friend of when mine, someone hit did that, that moment. Yeah. yeah, they were. There was just a, a moment. All of a sudden, you got really quiet, and we were just uh, like just hanging out. I was playing guitar, and then I heard like, and I walked Wait, into the room, room, and they were they had, they had a fucking massive Stash? Yeah. liquor cabinet. Oh, yeah. It was like. 15 bottles not as big as mine but <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's all the kuiper <laughs> yeah my dick kuiper collection but no yeah i came in and they were dumping they were dumping like good scotch down the drain and i was like Fuck. what do you what you up to man and they're like i just gotta get this out of the house and i was like okay i'll take it no I, I didn't want to fuck no, with that no, you know it's you don't like want, yeah what about let that happen. why don't i take yeah that's one where you just you let, let that, that go. happen yeah let that happen Absolutely. for sure but yeah that was really it was kind of harrowing to see and it's harrowing to see Brandon do this. Mm-hmm. There's a beautiful shot right after he dumps all of his porn in the trash where, and this is a cinematography note I have, where he's sitting in front of the blinds that cut across the entire screen and he's bent over mm. in his white t-shirt and he's bent so far over that he looks like he... I don't know which like direction he, he's facing almost. He morphs like he's facing the window. Is he facing towards us? Oh, that's trippy. It's so dark. Yeah. The way that I... The way that I saw it, I, I, I can I, I was able to tell we we're looking at him from behind, but he's hunched in such a way that you can see like his spine and his shoulders, but you can't see his head. Nope. And he looks like a headless torso. Yeah, it's, it's weird. really and I think that that's an- he started doing that fence thing where you don't know if the fence is here or here. Yeah, his he literally started going. He's facing you. He's facing the window. <laughs> he's facing you. It was, it was the weirdest thing. And but the most for me the most important bit is no head. No head. Yeah, he yeah. He yeah. throws everything away, and then we see, and he's he's so folded in on himself. There's no arms or head, and it's it's like it's like a bust with no head. Yeah, and it's like after after he's gotten rid of his addiction, it's just gutted him yep and he's just this shell this white blank torso thing there's a couple of moments crushed water bottle just yeah and and it's again it's there's a lot of filmmakers who don't do the show don't tell thing Mm -hmm. steve mcqueen shows so much that there's no need to tell and that's why the dialogue is so fucking sparse in this sparse in this movie um 
Oh, speaking of cinematography, jumping back after the first sex worker, mm-hmm. the the following morning, there's a shot of a white wall. It's like a dark gray. It is. There's nothing. There is nothing breaking the the color. The wall. It's just a tone. You're just looking at a shade of gray, and then Brandon opens the curtains, and it fades up to white. And that's the whole that's shot. The whole shot. There's, no, there's not like a painting on the wall or like here's a bug or no. here's Brandon walk through. It's just a gray wall that turns white because of the, the opening of the blinds. And every time I see it, I'm like, that Ugh. is fucking yeah. genius. <laughs> it's just one of, it's one of the most brilliant things that you've... You, uh. It's literally, yeah, it's just a wall and shades being open. Yeah, and then we get the walk through. This is part of where we start to see his routine. Takes a piss. Jumps in the shower, masturbates in the shower. After, yeah. After the, a night with the sex worker. And then there's, oh my God, th- this is when we jump to, and when we see his commute to work, we get on the train. And I pointed this out to Bird, because let's, do you want to talk about the woman on the train really yeah. quick? Yeah. Okay. So, in the beginning of the movie, he sees this woman, uh, redhead, and her hair is pulled back in a yeah. kind of like a ponytail, and she's got a hat on, and she's wearing like very drab, gray, uh, um, so you know how birds use that Like the males will be really like flashy yes, yes. And the females have the same color scheme But it's really muted Yes, She has the color scheme of like a, a muted Female bird, female bird. Yeah. It's the most like non eye catching Outfit you've ever had She's wearing tall I think it's tights I think yeah. she's actually wearing tights under like a wool skirt Just she's she's attractive, attractive But she's but not, not not sexy Exactly And then we see Michael Fassbender looking at her and she sees him looking at her. Mm-hmm. And there's this, it's a long scene. It's like five minutes. And you can you can see this beautiful, it's both of them, by the way. I should have yeah. looked up her name because she, she does. She is magnificent. Because she, she starts off, she's kind of sad and lost in her own world and looking mm-hmm. a little bit forlorn. She's just, just like sitting on the train, kind of bummed. Bo- yeah, kind of bummed. Now, like super how sad. How you are on a just, train. Just <laughs> kinda how, it's, like, it's like, oh shit, she either has, like, she's going to work and not happy about it or she had a fight with her husband on the way in right. or something. Just that look about her. And then there's, you, the, the, the props to this actress this there's this really gradual like shift towards like oh this guy's staring at me i think this guy is interested in me and he's very attractive and she you can see her get that little everyone wants to be wanted everyone wants to be desired Mm -hmm. and you can see her flush yeah you can see her flush with that where she's like oh oh and you can see her breathing pattern change. You it's, can see the fantasies percolate in her brain. It's too. like micro. So it's Michael Fast. It is Michael Fast. Oh, so it's, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, <laughs> have you seen Shame? You want to jump on a mic, boo? My wife just got home from the gym. Um, I don't think I've seen all of it. Okay, um, but there's this awesome. It'd be interesting to get the female perspective. I know on a I, lot of this. I yeah. wanted Bird to watch it with me. She's she's definitely seen at least. Most of it before because I've one of my favorite movies, but uh, I wanted to get her to watch it so it wouldn't be just two dudes talking <laughs> about sex addiction. But uh, I've got you, boo. Got you. But um, <laughs> I'm gonna turn this mic on just in case she yells from the other room and I can jack it up really quick. But um, she's got this like this like this like muted coloration but you can see her like start to perk up and there's a moment where she crosses one leg over the other yep. to show him thigh 
It's tight. And she even sort of adjusts her skirt a like little bit. Per- pulls the hem up just, just ever so slightly. Centimeters, like barely. And then her face, it isn't like a come fuck me face, but it's mm-hmm. like a few stages before that. Sort yeah, of it's like, li- it's, it's, you know, and you know what this is again? This is them playing with taboo. Mm-hmm. This is exhibitionism. And oh, this yeah. is the the thrill of people might catch us playing this cat and mouse game. It's a my, much milder taboo than the other ones present in the film. Oh, yeah. But this is in the this is the one of the this is the first woman in the wild, we'll say, mm-hmm. that we see him go after, the first non-sex worker that he is interested in. And the when we see that in it's rather than just being like, "Hey, you're really pretty." He has to, in order to engage, he has to f- push the taboo. He yes. has to keep it at the arm's length of some strange fantasy that's happening. But mm. yeah, her performance when she she's into it now she and then there's a there's a beautiful moment where she she's out of it. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like, <laughs> like oh it's wait like, a second. Yeah, all of a sudden she's like, "Wait, wait, wait, what am wait. I doing?" And she uncrosses her legs and she put and then she stands up and she grabs the pole and you see her ring. It's like, oh shit. She's married. And then he calls her on it. He stands up right behind her and grabs the pole so that their hands are touching. And you realize, I, I at least realize, yeah. that part of what makes her attractive is the fact that she's married. Yes. That's absolute because there's another There's taboo, another taboo. Adultery. And that, when he saw that ring, it's even more. He's like, oh my God. And then there's, I love the moment with her. Cause then she, there's this look on her face like, oh shit, that was playful and fun, but... He really wants to fuck me right now. There's almost, uh, there's almost for me in her face. And again, it's all, the movie doesn't, there's Mm -hmm. no thing where the movie's like, hello, this is is your narrator. She is very scared right now. It lets you. She's a little bit like, oh shit. I'm not sure. Really? So that's what I saw. I, she's. But I think she's playing with the idea of it though. She's scared by the reality Mm -hmm. that she. And excited by it, but also. That's what I see. I see, I see a really complicated there's a lot little going on. wave of emotion. Yeah, let's, let's be clear. There's a lot happening. There definitely is. <laughs> yeah. And I agree. I agree. She's scared because she does. She runs away from him. Yeah. She doesn't want this to become a reality. But having him that close to her and feeling his hand under her, she doesn't move her hand away. She and doesn't let pretty close. She, she could have let go of the pole or yeah. like scooched her hand up. But she doesn't. And you see on her face this weird. It's for me. It's that strange place that's not allowed to exist in 2018. But it's that strange place that that is a very real human place. That place between desire and terror. Yeah, where you're 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 swept up in this peak height of emotion, and you're like, I I don't know. I desperately want this, and I'm so fucking afraid of it. Yeah, that is a real place. That mm-hmm. that is a human thing, and we've had a lot of trouble talking about it in Lost Girls. Because there's in Lost Girls, there's there's like rape fantasies that play out quite a bit. There's stuff that starts out as like uh, Peter. There's it's all uh, retellings of children's fairy tales as erotica. Oh, so fuck, there's a dude. there's a bit where Peter Pan sneaks into Dorothy's Wendy's Wendy yeah uh, Wendy's room. I mean Dorothy's another character. Okay, Alice in Wonderland. No, yeah, yeah, fair enough. But yeah. yeah, so he sneaks into Wendy's room and she's like, oh my god, I don't know about this. We really shouldn't. And then it evolves into sex. Which is the reason that that book got banned and the reason that this movie is so occasionally like not occasionally very often like very raw to watch is that's not a space we're allowed to explore anymore. No, because now it's she doesn't want it, bro. Get away from her. But when you do that. And I'm not obviously right, tricky no, territory. No, yeah. I'm not saying like, well, sometimes no means yes. I'm just saying that is that is a really potent human emotion, a, a conflict between desire and fear 
and it's a space that isn't really explored anymore. This is 2011. This is a while ago. Yeah, this, this movie's is seven years ago. That's weird. Yeah, when I saw the the year on this, I was like, "Fuck, that was." Yeah, and it, it doesn't an feel, era ago doesn't almost feel like, dated at yeah. all. Yeah, no, you're closing in on a decade old, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel dated. It feels super super relevant, and and I feel like this movie in a lot of ways is really brave. How many movies have you ever seen that explore? Other than Game of Thrones, which is not a movie and kind of exists just to shock just you. Just to shock you. But how yeah, many that's... movies have you ever seen that explore the complicated, a complicated and damaged relationship between siblings like this? Or when was the last movie really you have... saw where a character was a sex addict? Right. Either. And it wasn't done, it as, wasn't a romantic, done as a romantic or as right, like right. a funny comic. Like an Adam or... Sandler can't stop coming. Like. Yeah, or what the? There's a Dane Cook one where he's oh, like Good Luck Chuck or something. Yeah, or whatever, exactly. Where, yeah, so it's like that. He's a sex addict because that's well, what that, that movie. And then anytime he bangs somebody, they get married. Like yeah, so it's like so it's like he's you know anytime you see you never see this subject matter treated seriously. Right. And Steve McQueen says in one of the interviews on the disc, like I had to be really careful about how I talked about sex because this is a really touchy subject for people. Yeah, and boy. Look where we are now. I know because this is a yeah. This is a conversation that I never thought I'd be having in 2018. I we've we've been forced forced into it, into on, it the, on the, the, comic, on the but, show. Yeah. Um, Chatman and Robin available uh, on iTunes. <laughs> let's keep pimping that show. Let's get those numbers up, baby. Um, but after he gets off the train and gets to work, he jacks off at work, and I'm wondering if he's imagining the woman on the train. I was thinking that there's was, a great little character note. What did you think? I didn't mean to jump on you, but no, no. What did you think of the how, wiping the seat? How meticulously he cleans the toilet seat before he jerks off into the toilet. He's not even sitting. He's on not the even sitting on it because I thought he was going to sit and take a shit. And I was like, wait, he's cleaning the seat to jerk off into the bowl. But you don't. If there's piss on the seat, you probably don't want to look at that while you're trying to have an orgasm. You're staring at somebody else's like right, but a toilet, but it. I just was wondering, and again, the movie doesn't give it to you. No, it this doesn't. Is, this is just a character choice. Then also, he was, okay, so he's got his bare hands and he's wiping stuff, so now he's going to jerk off with all the gross germs from well, the toilet Well, I thought that was what too. the second big bundle of tissue is for, because oh, he takes a shitload of toilet paper right. the second time, so I'm wondering if it's... But, but no, it's very strange, though. But And that's important. But he And he's very, like abrasive about it and like think about like how clean and meticulously clean his apartment is and he's always showering and he takes fairly good care of himself we see him smoke a couple cigarettes but you get the sense that it's like it's like a a once a month like i really need this thing he's down on his luck kind of cigarettes so think about the dichotomy between that like this nasty porn like crazy Mm -hmm. dirty shit lots of sex sex workers cam cam girls but every other bit of his life is meticulously groomed no hair out of place again maybe that's the that's the no that i think that's part of his personality i don't think that's a mask that he's wearing or that's uh like this is how people are supposed to behave that's american psycho but what a complete character portrayal by michael fassbender where he's like my character when i go into this bathroom to jerk off in this bathroom he would clean the seat first he would clean the seat first he would make sure his area was meticulously clean and then he'd he would do now it's his fresh space dude it's almost like bleaching his needle shit (laughs) yeah you need to have a clean space to do your business in clean space to do your business in you can't snort coke off a dirty toilet bowl or toilet no of course not. yeah wipe that down right so shit dude that's i just thought of that and then that's absolutely what it is he's he's he's, he's, he's swabbing it yeah 
And this is one of my favorite cuts of Steve, uh, Steve McQueen's cuts. We go straight from him masturbating at work to him holding open a door for a mother and a child in a stroller. I didn't even catch that. But think about that. Yeah. We just saw him like jacking off at work in a, in a stall, right? Taboo. And the next yeah. thing we see is a... Hey, here and he's he's a well dressed man. He's got his pea coat on and yeah. his scarf. It's Michael Fassbender. He's it's him, he's, uh, he's attractive. He just Fassbender. looks like yeah. a normal guy. And he holds open this door, and this woman comes out. She says, "Thank you," and he goes, "No problem." And he goes inside, and that is somehow kind of disturbing. Yeah, because of the he just finished because of what? Well, pro- I mean, probably we jumped ahead a couple hours. Well, he got for, off work, sure, but, but the last thing that we saw, the last thing that we saw, that's what's in our head, and we're like, "That's a little baby in a stroller." And the movie doesn't moralize And it doesn't tell you what to feel And in a weird way Part of my brain when you're watching This movie's a mind fuck Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways And it's because there's so little given to you that you ha- it forces you. You to, have to, yeah. You're you forced do, into that space. You do so, the mental yeah, work. Yeah. But part of me is like, well, yeah, okay. People masturbate. He just masturbated. That yeah. doesn't make him a bad person. No. And even his sex addiction doesn't probably make three him hours a- later. He's on his lunch break. Right. Or he's done for the day and he's going. Oh home. yeah. It could or be whatever. A full day later. But yeah. The last thing we're so it's like is. Yeah. Is Brandon a bad person because he's a sex so. addict? I don't think so either. I don't he's think... an asshole. Oh, yeah. Frequently. But most people are. <laughs> you know what he is? He's a person, Carl. Yep. He's just a person. Absolutely. He's just a person that lives in the world. <laughs> what, Fucking hell, dude, man. what good work yeah. by everyone involved. Can you even... I can't even get it. So uh, we see his we see his night, uh, his night routine now because mm-hmm. I think he's getting home from work. Yeah. Goes into his apartment. Strips down to his, uh, he's like boxer shorts and a shirt, or I think he's actually, he's dressed. He just like takes his tie takes off. Takes his tie off, yep. He gets a beer and some Chinese takeout and he and sits down porn. and watches porn and doesn't masturbate. Nope, just watching it like he's watching an episode of Matlock. He looks like he's studying the screen. Mm-hmm. It's like if you took the audio out. It would look like he was going over the reports for for tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, he's going over the spreadsheets. He's trying to figure out how to turn it into a CSV file. Like, (laughs) right, exactly. It's like, can I export this as a as a as a dot docs, or should I save this as a PDF? Like, yep. If you take the audio out, it looks like he's just working, but the audio is porn. Mm, Give it, oh fuck, and that slapping sound. Yeah, it's like in my ass, down in my ass, and you're like, and the oh my god, it's such a, it's such a. Uh, the 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 um I talked earlier about the the difference between uh, his his divorcement from reality and living in fantasy, but I also think there's a weird line this movie draws between sex and eroticism, mm-hmm. where there's like sensuality and erotic eroticism and connection and this this like sensual experience, and then there's this weird like cold bleak thing called sex. Yes. And that's what I think we're watching. That is what you're watching. It's insane. The most disturbing part about that. God damn it. And it's like, and this is my sex watching computer. And this is where I sit and watch. Right. It, it's the sex thing. Um, I was concerned about one part of this movie and how you would see it. Mm-hmm. They go to the club mm-hmm. and Sissy sings New York, New York by Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that? Scene? Yeah, horrible. I hate you. 
I have an I have an alternative take, but you're I'm assu- no not horrible. I'm assuming your critique is that her actual her actual singing and her actual voice. Just tell me if I'm off base, but her actual performance of the song is not great. She can oh, carry. She's fine. No, I, what is it you didn't like about it? Um, the actually the arrangement of New York, New York is garbage. But she's she performs it fine. She doesn't have the best voice in the world, but I think that that that's fine for for what we're seeing she's she's not in you know selling out arenas she's just a club singer right you know it's just it plays it, it gets a little it, slow there uh i and i do appreciate that they do the whole song yeah i i read it differently and they do they do do the whole song and by the way the arrangement of new york new york you're correct a lot of it is just her voice mm-hmm. with very minimal piano flourishes yeah to, not to the point where it's not the piano doesn't play with her the whole time. Right. The piano. I think just, the issue that I have with it is it's a it's a personal issue. It's the yeah. Harry Connick Jr. issue that I have. It's taking a standard song mm-hmm. that's already not well. New York, New York is an upbeat sort of snappy song, right? And so what Harry Connick Jr. does a lot of times is he takes those upbeat, snappy standards and slows them way down. He does almost like the unplugged New Orleans jazz version of it. Yeah. And it's like, I love you, Harry, but you just made this upbeat, snappy song super fucking boring. That's what Squirrel does with... uh with country western songs that's interesting they play them at like half half tempo with black sabbath chords so i was bringing that kind of baggage to it i'm like oh you just fucking harry connick jr this and it's you you turned a but i also understand the 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 purpose behind it and the reason for making new york new york this slow loungy almost unaccompanied the yeah and and with a voice that isn't the the greatest i thought that that was important was that she wasn't this um Here's that why. would have taken me out of it. I think if she was New York and she had like the best voice on the planet and right. it was like super smoky and here's why I wrote down. First of all, I think New York, New York is an interesting choice for this movie because Frank Sinatra is a woman, a notorious womanizer. Yeah. So to have her sing a song from a guy who maybe reflects some of the mm-hmm. the symptoms of sexual addiction or addictive things like alcoholism, uh, I thought that was an interesting choice. I also thought. That the choice to strip it down that far, this is beyond a stripped back version. The piano, there is no piano for like a minute at a time mm-hmm. sometimes, and then they'll just flourish with one chord. Yep. And she continues to sing over nothing. It's just her and her voice, and then these tiny piano flourishes. I wrote down what I love about this performance is the rough edges and the childlike imprecision of her singing. She can carry a tune, but she's no, I don't even see her as like a singer singer. No. She doesn't have like any quality where, and there's also no moment where she bursts out. It's all very. But I think that's important because New York, New York is a big like. New York, New York, like it's huge. Mm -hmm. It's a show. It's a performance. Mm -hmm. Like porn is a show and a performance, and this is a performance of New York, New York with no artifice, nothing. To hide it, no gloss, no glamour, no fakeness, no falsehood. This is, I wrote down, this is people, not porn. That's what I like Mm. about this performance. Because that song is the epitome of like glossy, let's not look at the dark edges. It is, if you did a big musical theater number where it's like big smiles, teeth and legs, teeth and legs. You know what I mean? Like teeth and legs is what porn is. And that's why that's why Brandon is so fucked up by what he sees. 
that's why he's you can see him look up. By the way, this is another little bit of it's a um great Fassbender moment. Well, this is a this is a little bit of trivia. Mm. Neither Michael Fassbender or the guy who plays his boss had ever heard Carrie Mulligan sing. No one on set had ever heard her sing, except for Steve McQueen. That shot is one take. They got different cameras set up. Holy shit. Michael Fassbender and the boss's reactions are their legitimate reactions to hearing Carrie Mulligan sing because they hadn't as far as they that's were aware beautiful man this was just a it was just like supposed to be a run through or whatever and oh then my they god caught. that's beautiful yeah. yeah so so watching watching this movie that's what i like about that choice is this song is the epitome of for me like musical pornography it's like new york is beautiful and great and there's mm-hmm. nothing bad about it and i'm gonna and jazz hands and, yeah, yeah the whole thing is spectacle yes and it's all Broadway. It's all It's yeah, it's musical Times sex. Square it's it's black. a song that seduces you. Yep. And then she stripped it back to the, it the, not she. Steve McQueen decided to strip it back to this point where you take a song that should be a seductive borderline uh, let's call it pornographic for sure. the sake of discussing yep. the okay. movie and then show us all of its ugly flaws, show her nervousness show the piano slightly slightly off beat occasionally this weird it it's almost like yeah. psychedelic dude it's almost like a like a tr- it's almost like a it, f- it fucks with your head watching it almost a little more holland drivey yeah a little kind, bit kind of, not to that extreme no it's it's i don't think it's like a it, steal from Mulholland no no Drive, no no but. no not at all and, oh and to be clear i just didn't care for the arrangement i thought the scene was the scene is brilliant. amazing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan of minimalism, so I actually like that take on it too. No, fair but, enough. Yeah, but that's, just, that's I've been I've been I've heard so many versions right. of snappy songs that have been stripped down to their stripped back. Yeah, I'm just like, Ugh. well, that's my that's my personal taste. Is no. I like the arrangement because I like minimalism. Yeah, cool. you don't because you th- you've heard so many stripped back so, things. So many, yeah. But I, we both agree that the scene is super effective. Oh fuck yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> super effective. Um, so skip ahead, basically. Carrie Mulligan fucks Brandon's boss in, in Brandon's apartment bed. in oh his my bed. God, he's so f- he doesn't even know what to do with himself. He starts taking off his clothes. I'm like, what are you doing? That bro? long take. Yeah, when he's walk. He's just pacing, pacing around the apartment. He doesn't know what to do with himself. It's he's complete. He's been. It's almost like. Um, not to the same extent, but like well, only lovers left alive when sister shows up. It's like you just ruined the the perfect, that perfect like, little thing you had going. His little nucleus of I just realized something. Hmm. He's wandering around the apartment like a husband listening to his wife fuck someone else. Yeah. And can't do anything about it. And uh, I know it's that's yeah. not exactly it, because it's no, also I, his, I, I it's also his mo- sister. I picked up a moment of that too, like, God damn it, someone is fucking her right now. Yeah. Like this weird I mean, par- yes, part of it is one, it's his boss, two, it's his sister. That's super There's fucked. a lot going on there. But there is and it's in his room in his bed in his home. And it, I love that this movie lets it be. It doesn't have to be either or. It can be both. Mm-hmm. It can be all. He even waits for another car. Like the elevator meets him in the lobby. They've yeah. gone up before him. Yeah. The elevator door is open. He almost goes in. He waits. He sits back he down in the time. lobby. He's he, like, fuck, I don't want to go up there. He doesn't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then when he finally gets into his own domestic space. He is like trapped in it until the point where he's like, I've got to go. Yeah. And he goes for a run. What do you think of the running scene? Holy shit, he's in fantastic fucking shape. For starters, dude. yes. For but starters. <laughs> for starters, he is. Well, we know he's in fantastic right. shape, dude. He's he's, he's running cut out for of so fucking rock. That the the 
they must be following him in, cha- in a follow car, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're tracking him. Mm-hmm. He's alone on the street for several blocks, too. Mm-hmm. There's no other other people about. I don't, I'm not sure what time it is. It's. Li- I think it's, it's late. Like, he, but not like super, super late because there's still... This is great. Um, I love the run. There, there's two scenes in here that I call running scenes. Mm-hmm. This is the scene where he goes for a run. Yes, but he's running away from... So everything I can I take you on a little journey do it okay he's running away from his sister mm-hmm. running away from sissy sissy uh, represents to me emotion the emotion that he is not sure. letting himself feel his connectedness to the world outside in a weird uh, in the interviews they talk about uh, Carrie Mulligan says sissy is this character who opens her arms up to the world and says love me and Michael Fassbender is this guy who keeps his chin down and his arms across his chest with no openness whatsoever. So Michael Fassbender runs away from sissy and emotions and he's running. It's, it's almost like you're watching a side scrolling video game. Mm -hmm. He's running in two dimensions. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So he's running in a straight line. He's like mega man. He's just, it's very much. Yeah. So he's, it's, he's running, he's living in a two dimensional world. He's running off his emotions these uncomfortable things he's running away from his emotions in this really controlled two-dimensional monotonous intentionally and importantly and he's monotonous. in a big clip too man he's, yeah. he's at like race pace but you get because the because there is no third dimension there's no depth it feels like he's not getting anywhere that too it's like he's on a treadmill and all the scenery is passing just, behind yeah him. he's not moving it feels like the world is moving yeah. past him another one of those moments where it became a little it starts bit getting weird surreal and weird i'm like because <laughs> his legs are like rubber banding behind him and shit and yeah. i'm like what am i watching right now so a person running yeah it, but but when you let him look long enough yeah when you let us look long enough because he runs like for like eight blocks or something a it's long ridiculous. time from his apartment to madison Madison Square Garden. So. Yeah, and then the camera stops at Madison Square Gardens, and there's this really interesting, um, there's this interesting thing they do where the the walk don't walk light. Oh is yeah, it's the broken the, and hanging. The crosswalk sign is broken, and the light is flickering. <laughs> so it's like he gets to this crosswalk, this crossroads, and the the light's broken. The yeah, the signals that should tell him what to do to stop or go are fucked. Yeah. So anyway, so he runs in two dimensions away from his emotions at the end of the movie to jump ahead when he gets finally does get sissy's phone call and it which coincides with maybe somebody's jumped onto the tracks which yeah. is a callback to earlier when, when she is standing tipping, on the yep. very very another edge. one like mm, you snuck that in there yeah well i've seen this movie a bunch of times and i have a note that says oh shit did she jump onto the tracks oh shit because i didn't remember that oh shit that's funny but the the, the train stops and they're like There's we're an everybody follow to the rear of the yep. car nothing follow to see conductor. here and you see him take uh, an ambulance shows up and you see him taking down a, 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 a backboard you see that moment on Fastbender's where he's face like, where he's like oh fuck. oh fuck wait a minute did and you see him start to panic because he's like did because and also guess what remember when sissy cut herself a whole bunch yeah He's like, oh my god, wait a minute, did Sissy kill herself? Oh fuck, and he listens to that message, and he tries to call her back, and he tries to call her back, and nothing happens. And this is when Michael Fassbender takes off at a clip, and he starts running. And we do again, like a following shot. Michael Fassbender runs at a diagonal across a street, towards us, down a sidewalk, turns left, runs away from us, a block in. And I wrote down... When he's running to get to get to Sissy, he's running 
toward back his into, sister, toward emotion. Back into a three-dimensional space. And he, now he's running in three dimensions because we've added the depth of emotion mm-hmm. to... And boy, have we. God. Uh, so, I, I mean, and it's it's little stuff like that that you... Watching them, just watching the just movie. Just watching, you don't you pick might up not on, pick up, but like... But you're... It's... You're picking, you're picking it up. Especially because that running scene is so weird. Yeah. It's like two minutes of watching Michael Fassbender just run in a straight line, and you're like, what's this about? And then, But later, if you remember that scene, and you see him running all over, it crossways and down and across, and in this yeah. weird tracking shot, you're like, now he's, now running, he's running, running in three dimensions. Yeah. Now he's getting somewhere. Yeah. He's not just letting the world pass him by. It's fucking beautiful filmmaking, man. It's, 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 that just, mo- it's a moment of clarity. It's that whole thing. It's the... The, the addict having a moment of realization. Yeah. And, and the world opening back up to him mm-hmm. once they've, once he's had this, he just had a huge blowout. Like this was his borderline OD. Oh yeah. This, this was, is, <laughs> this was him getting the good stuff. Yeah. He got, Oh my God. He did. He ever get the good stuff in a really horrific way. Mm-hmm. Um, so after he gets back from that two dimensional run, I just wanted to talk about the, the dimensions no, no, of the run, but when he gets, when he gets back, sissy, he goes to bed and Sissy comes into his room and climbs into bed with him. Yeah. It's cold. This is another weird. Mm-hmm. Cannot explain it. There's not necessarily anything there, but like she crawls into his bed and he's get the, get out. Get out of my room, get out of my room Sissy. And then get the, the fuck out. Get out. That I was startled by that. Oh yeah, me too. When he's uh when he's screaming <laughs> Get the fuck out when of When he screams, room. get the fuck out, I was like, holy mm-hmm. shit. Um at this point, I just really want to like hit the last notes. I think we've yeah. had I think we've had the big discussion yeah, of yeah. the movie. That's pretty much covered. Um Oh, we didn't come let's come back to the woman on the train really quick. Yeah. I wanna I wanna wrap th- that discussion up before I just burn through some notes. Sure. because Bird and I disagree about this, and I want to get your take on it now. At the end of the movie, the last scene, he gets on the train, and she see we see that she is looking at him first. Yes. He notices her, and she's already looking at him. And now, she, her hair is down and feathered mm-hmm. out. She's wearing makeup. We see the ring again. The ring again, but the clothing is what stuck out to me. The fr- she's first time dressed she's a little more. Well, the first time we see her, she's so drab. Yeah, yeah. She's like a non-person. She's like wearing this weird, like muted, earth tone camouflage. And the second time we see her, it's bright colors and this big, exciting scarf. And her hair isn't up under a hat. It's down and flowing and red. And red, like redheads, are very visually striking. Yes. And she's got lipstick on and she's looking at him seductively yeah that's a whole different look this is than a, the first time we yeah saw her. it's like a it's 180 degrees oh, she's yeah. a new woman i almost feel like he gave her in that Confidence. first moment a little bit of holy shit this very attractive man or thrill yeah and and she you get i almost get the sense that she and she still has the ring on so it's not like her marriage fell oh, apart no, no. now she's out hunting but I feel like he gave her that little, a little, a little lift. flame or yeah, something. And yeah. I'm wondering if she's been looking for him. I think that she has. So I think that maybe not actively, but sitting on the subway on her commute. But I, I wonder if I wonder if he's if he's going to show up. So yeah, Bird, I think it's that, it's that little it's a little flight of fantasy. You know, it's Bird was wondering 
she asked me at the end, does he get over his sex addiction? And I thought like after his, after sissy tries to kill herself, there's the hospital bed moment where there's really mm-hmm. like a, that like, Oh my God, she look at all oh these cars. God. Yeah. So part of me says, yes, he did. Like, but I think it's just man. like any addiction. So it's like, I still want a cigarette every once in a while. It's right. whether or not I go and buy the pack and light one. Right. So that's whether what, or not you pick up the bottle again. We end on her standing up and grabbing the pole and he is, he doesn't break eye. He's still looking at her. And mm-hmm. there's like this, it's like the moment, the one millisecond later, he will smile, but he right. doesn't. It's the, it's a spinning totem at the end of it is uh, of yeah, inception. inception. So yeah. the question that I have is, and again, I love that the movie doesn't give it to you. Does he? Does who he? knows? What it's, do you think? What do I think? What do you think? I, I think it honestly could go either way, but I, I think that if we're going to have him grow, yeah, that he's, he has a fantasy. He's thinking about the cigarette. He's right. thinking about the bottle of bourbon, but he's not going to, habit okay it's going to be constantly be a thing in his life right and he'll probably have little relapses oh my he, he'll probably go a process but that will ring truer to him and, and it won't be shame so much as it was shame would still be you right. feel that sort of but i think that it'd be coming from a different place that was my hope for him anyway i think i think that he goes for it yeah, I've I've always I don't know something about this movie watching this movie. It might just be his score Brandon's score, which is those swelling cellos. Yeah, so, something about this movie even back when I was 22 and I saw it for the first time it always seemed to end with this sort of Bleak note. Yeah, he Brandon is still just Brandon. Well, and maybe he's dialed it way back or he's the the emotions are checked in a little bit more now. Maybe, the, or he's at, at least the changed. door has been open to the he's, possibility yeah, of that. He's definitely changed and grown, and like he he looks. Well, very, he has a full on breakdown, sobbing in the middle of the street, sits down on wet pavement, what an dude. Like scene. holy fuck. Po- post hospital, when yeah, he stands out looking yeah. at the water. What yep. an amazing scene to watch. Fastbender break down completely. Like that. Collapse. It, it feels and, really yeah. raw. There's a lot of times watching movies and you see actors or actresses cry, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh, you're crying. You're doing crying acting." Yeah. I feel like Fastbender just had a breakdown on a pier. I think he did. It's fuck, he got himself it's so there. raw. Yeah. It's so you can see like a little like it. You can see it start to well up, and you can see it's not there's it's, it doesn't feel like a performance. Right. Which is a massive, um, a, a massive bit of praise for it. It's not like, well, he just went there, so who cares? Right. It, no. it, it feels really brave. A lot. That's the word that keeps coming back into my head. This movie feels, and the performances in it feel so fearless. There's no for a movie called Shame. Everyone managed to set aside their discomfort, except mm-hmm. where it was necessary. Yeah. Because, I mean, think about how many times Michael Fassbender just walks around totally naked in this movie. Yeah. That's hard to do in an unselfconscious way. Right. It's fucking beautiful. <laughs> it's, 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 the performances are beautiful. The film is beautiful. The waiter in this movie is the worst waiter in the history oh of the world. Oh, my God. I have so many manager <laughs> notes for the steps of service at that table. It was embarrassing. It's one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever seen. Yep. I'm a waiter for those of you who don't know. Oh my God. So watching him, dude, fumble through the whole. We, uh, we have Pinot Noir, which is uh, Pinot Noir is lighter. If you if like, like lighter, lighter. 
Awesome. Uh, I I can tell you the specials if if you if you uh, want to hear them. Tonight we have reading his specials from his fucking Re- pad. Yep. What are you doing, man? You and do, then he bro. comes back mid conversation. He's like, I forgot to tell you, oh, the crab he interrupts is- them three times. <laughs> and when he goes, oh, and even their server assistants, man, you never you never put your arm in front of the guest. You embrace the guest where to you pour. can help it. Yeah. You know. But- Oh, getting all wedged in there, and then his bottle service fucking sets the bottle down on the table. And <laughs> God damn it! Oh, you popped it. You popped well. it. That, and you're opening it with the bottle on the table, and just like cork fucking the hell yeah, out what of it. Like, what, what are you, are you doing? doing? And then when he like, just pour it. I loved that note, by the way, because Michael Fassbender is so natural there. Mm-hmm. As a waiter who's who's right. had tables like this Do before, the taste. he's like, no, just he, pour it. He pours the taste, and he's Michael Fassbender's flummoxed at how yeah. like it's, shitty this waiter yeah, is. Yeah. So he's, he's like, just like, you just, can pour, just, just you pour, just pour. And then he pours him. He pours Fassbender first. He pours Fassbender first. first. What the fuck kind of restaurant is this? <laughs> yes, I know we're all it's like if, uh, we're all equals, men, women, but <laughs> in service, in wine service, he served the fucking woman first. Always. Always, always women first. You go if there's a table of eight and there's three women. Those three women get their glasses. Exactly. First. You may have bought the bottle. You're getting the last you get, bit of it. You get the taste, right? The host you always. You get the first and the last. Right. The That's host. It. The host tastes, and then the host gets the last glass you pour. Yes. And I'm like watching this, and also, dude, he that is a eight heavy ounces. Ass eight ounces. <laughs> you know, he actually Brandon even looks at the glass like Jesus. You, can see, you put a yeah. big. This is what nine ounces of wine in my glass. You the bottles see. are empty. Now. Brandon is shocked at how much wine he pours. He looks at the glass. He's, he's like, filled it half up. Woo. It's a big burgandy glass. Woo. Too, so it's like, I mean, I drink a lot, but whoo, I'm gonna be fucking wrecked. This is gonna be a great date. <laughs> the, to, the only thing to the waiter's credit is he did pour both glasses yes, perfectly. They're perfectly the same. And the same, uh, it was definitely not a Pinot Noir, though. No. The darkest Pinot darkest I've ever Pinot seen. Ever. Like, holy <laughs> shit. That's a fucking, that's a California Oh, did you say Pinot? I brought you a, a Cab Franc. Uh, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, oh my it's God, a it's a Grenache Merlot blend. <laughs> <laughs> it's the tawniest wine I've oh ever God. seen. It's like ink in their glass. It is, too. <laughs> Like he probably the wrong bottle too. Oh it's shit! Not even Pino. Oh my god! And then, how do you like your lamb? Medium. We recommend, we recommend it pretty pink. pink. Okay, okay, that's fine. Pink, <laughs> He's like, pink pr- it pr- is. He goes, pretty pink it is. Pretty and pink. you're like, guy, you need to give him a temp, <laughs> right? Like, we recommend it pretty pink. Pretty pink. What is that? Also, medium lamb is still fucking it's pretty, still pretty pink. pink. Yep. I'd never eat medium lamb. I'd eat it medium rare or below. Because yep. after medium, it starts tasting like gamey shit. Yep. But God damn, that waiter sucks. <laughs> that that restaurant is like a one to two two star Yelp review. I can't wait. Yeah, I want to read Brandon's, Brandon's Yelp, Yelp review, review on it. <laughs> <laughs> Calls a waiter out by name and Jeff. Was a real. It must have been his first day. Yeah, you even open yourself up to the rebuttal and just go right. for the name. Yep. Jeff was a real. <laughs> just, um, <laughs> Jeff fresh out from, of training. Right? <laughs> when he comes over to the table with their menus, he's like, "Hey, how you guys doing? Here you go." Yeah, and you're like, "Hi, uh, hey, good evening, all." This feels kind of like a fine dining experience. Why are you throwing menus at? I'm like, <laughs> right. "Well, we got chicken, we got black chicken, we got white chicken, we got dark chicken, we got light. We got chicken. that wine list there right next to you. Yep, that's it. That one right there. Would you like a Take a look at the wine list And she's like Well I was thinking uh, And as the woman's about to say What she's he thinking interrupts He her. interrupts her With Pinot Noir And you're like Fuck Fucking you Fucking hell dude I was I had a headache after that scene. 
<laughs> like I have so many notes for your for your fucking Just- annual review, sir. <laughs> You might want to try fucking Shonies or something. This is one of my this is one of my favorite things that happens when you and I watch movies. Is anytime we're both there's anytime there's a kitchen or a waiter in it, we're just like we come down so Pick hard them on apart them. so hard. The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance is a great film, but boy was she waving that knife around and not calling sharp. <laughs> just it's just restaurant shit in movies makes. Me, oh, I know, makes me crazy, man. Anytime I see it, I I'm like, like oh, Carl's I it, coming. I over. bet it's like police work or any of that kind of oh, stuff yeah. for like actual policemen. I know backdraft. Like firefighters, firefighters. Go fucking insane watching background. <laughs> well, yeah, Bird and I were watching a, a show last night, and we were debating whether or not cops or plumbers make more money. Hmm. And uh, I, m- I remember, like halfway through, I was like, I bet cops and plumbers hate this episode. We were watching Murder She Wrote. Oh, because they're, <laughs> they're fucking up procedures <laughs> a, on both yeah, ends. There's a of bunch things. of like plumber jokes, and I'm watching. And I'm like, I've never seen a plumber do that. That can't be that right. Can't and be then right. all the cops are always bumbling idiots, yes. and Jessica Fletcher saves the day. And I'm like, cops must hate, hate Murder, Murder She Wrote. <laughs> they want to fucking punch Jessica. Cops just suck in this show. Like they suck worse than anyone. Yeah. Um, they're okay. straight out of Mayberry. <laughs> out of Mayberry um what there's there's a really interesting sex scene that happens when he brings uh Marianne up to the the room where the fucking against the glass yes. and I think that there's a couple of really interesting uh um film bits of filmmaking happening there which is they start right by the window when they start making out and there's some really beautiful performance notes too like Marianne when she's she kisses his neck and then she breathes in the scent of his mm-hmm. neck, which is where a lot, your cologne usually goes. So that I thought that the, the the there was a lot of really real moments in that seduction and failed sex scene yeah. where she she's breathing the scent of him. And then I think it's important that they get kind of like into it, and Fassbender looks at her and pulls her away from the window, away from the screen onto the bed mm-hmm. which is typically where that experience this experience would happen and they start this really sort of intimate makeout and they have this fun moment where he pulls up her dress and sees she's wearing he's a slip like, and he's like her vintage he's like yeah those are vintage and he's like i love it i love it's it it's playful and it's fun and it's and kind it, of romantic almost it in a way. feels in a weird way like some sort of connection is happening yep. or some sort of emotion is happening and there's a there's an awesome moment where she's kissing his neck and then she rubs her head and face down his shoulder and arm in this really kind of like primal way. And she gets to his fingers and she nibbles the tips of his fingers. And that's when he stares at her for like 30 seconds. And we realize that there's emotion here. Yeah. That's something, there's something more, something's happening. Shuts him down. And that, yeah, that shuts him down and he can't get hard. And he goes and he sits and he, is destroyed and yep, devastated like, by I leave? it. And he's like, yeah. yeah, if you want. And he's like, I can walk you down. And she's like, that's fine. But like, you know, that it's that, it is that fragile male ego moment mm-hmm. where it's like, I can't get an erection, so I must not be a man. And you can see it like just destroy him. Oh yeah. And she leaves. Cut to sex worker. Bang in the fuck out of her. Pressed against the glass yep. back on that screen. Because he's now become the, yep. He's divorced himself from the erotic and from sensuality and from emotions so far that, that his body, his, his his physical body, only reacts to just responds to responding to that to the the we talked about it earlier, but that like bleak, emotionless mm-hmm. sex, that transactional sex, because it's to the point where even his physiology has changed. They don't. And do you notice that after sex, and he falls backwards, doesn't fall on the bed, falls on the floor, because the bed is this 
a bed is a, a air quotes sacred space yeah. or whatever. But the the bed is not the place for what he just did, which is feed this this porn sex bleak nihilistic yeah. self-destructive addiction so he falls on the floor what a great little touch fastbender could have sat on the bed sure. or fallen back on the bed and flopped what but a no, fucking amazing little tiny detail where he hits the floor rather than the bed because the bed is what just undid him when he was having a relationship that's genius there are so many little things in this movie that are brilliant moving the woman that he feels for away from the screen and then fucking Bringing a sex it, yep. worker against, against the screen, the screen. It it's it blows my mind almost like how how many tiny little details come together to create this beautiful portrait of the real world. It's it's amazing. Uh, this movie is really really amazing. Um, and then my last note. Do, do you have anything for that? Because I there's one more note I have. Uh, I I, I don't know. It's it's I'm because a lot of this having watched it this morning. Right. And not right, having right. time to like stew on like I didn't. I, that's an amazing note. The whole moving her away from the quote unquote screen. Yeah, the glass. And then pushing the sex worker up against it's such a fuck, dude. That's yeah. that is intense. <laughs> this, I highly did you buy this movie or did you rent no, it? I'm going to be. I'm gonna I'm gonna own the entire McQueen catalog. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely He has very quickly become one of my favorite directors and i've only seen two of his that's films how i now. felt when i first saw shame i was like god what else has he done yep. gotta find it yep. he's so good and he, this is uh widows it'll be his fourth film that's he's such a small, small body of work i dig that though too because you know that he's putting that time and the care into. a lot of time between projects yep. too um but like i have one more note on that is is the the aftermath when she i think it's important that when she the sex worker is oh, doing up her bra, bra. He's like, and he's like help? do you need help and she goes no nope. there's again doesn't that want any this distance and after separation. after sex she tussles his hair yeah it's like ah good boy there you go kiddo there you go and kiddo. off he goes now, give me my money i'm gonna get out of here yeah it's like no we don't have our time is done i'm and, gonna get my clothes on and leave now and this is the this part there's no actual connection there even the denouement is amazing because you know he he got this room for a day because mm-hmm. he was gonna do this big romantic sexathon yes. hangout day with marianne but that fell through and the sex worker is only paid to have sex with him so she leaves and the, the denouement we get is him sitting on the edge of the bed looking out the window at the real world outside as the sun goes down and you realize that he's enjoying us he's he's not enjoying he's watching a sunset in a romantic hotel room by himself yep. and that is like one more hammer blow on that nail of his character beautiful little bit of cinematography like match cutting brandon sitting kind of on the right side of the screen and there's a television on the left side of the screen yes. with the screen off the next cut is a is like a like a zoom match cut where fastbender's on the left side of the screen and there's a television on in the background in the right hand on his right it's a flipped match. A flipped match it's like cut. a flipped That's match cool. cut. That's zoomed in, kind of. But it's, that helps to. It doesn't make the the cut as jarring, I think, because there's a familiar ground there. Yeah, we have fastbender and a television. Yep. Fastbender and a television. And your brain's like, yep, yep, and there you are. Yeah, That's awesome. So now we're to the last note that I have. I wanted to save this scene for yep. last. The I call it the Marlin scene. It's the it's okay, the scene. This is the one that you used as an audition piece. Yes, I used this Marlin. as an audition okay. piece, and I cast the perfect Julia. And then basically, her family found out that she was going to do this movie, and her dad threw a shit fit, and I oh, had to recast no. it as a guy. Jules, 
that made that a really interesting film. <laughs> but yeah, she's perfect. She was super, super cool. But um, yeah, so this scene stuck with me so hard that when I decided to make my own movie, I used this as a way to gauge whether I wanted to work with people or not, was how they responded to this scene and how they, how they made their way through it. So what did you think? Of the like six and a half minute scene Okay for those of you Who haven't watched the movie but have made it this far In the conversation McQueen does this twice in this movie This is the most dramatic He shoots his two principals from behind Sitting side by side It's the back of Michael Fassbender's head And the back of Carrie Mulligan's head While they're watching cartoons and having a conversation Occasionally they turn to profile But not that much of it A lot of it is the backs of their amazing, fucking heads dude. as they talk to each other. So you dug it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was blown. We talked a little bit about it earlier in this episode, but that was because I've seen, because I was able to watch 12 Years a Slave before this and sort of have a familiar, I, I know about the long takes now. I've, I've right. seen a man hanging for 10 minutes or whatever. A long time, yeah. So as soon as I saw that shot set up, from behind I'm like ooh this is where we're gonna live here comes the long take they're not gonna turn that TV off either are they nope Nope. they sure aren't and we're gonna oh we're here for the whole conversation and it is wonderful it's the it's so well written it's this really gradual build up toward an argument where they have a blowout and he tells her to leave essentially and tells her stop playing the victim and she's like I'm not playing the victim and I'm trying you know like what you're my sister so I'm supposed to help you and she's like I'm trying to help you right because you didn't give birth to you I'm not not your mother. Yeah. I didn't bring you into this world. I'm yeah. not responsible for you. Yeah, and he, she's like, like she's like, you have no one. And then there's this, there's a, oh my god, one of the most beautiful lines in the movie. He he's like, I want you to move out, and he's like, if I move out, I'll never see you again. Big long pause, and then she goes, don't you think that's sad? And you realize that he doesn't. He doesn't. Nope. That is such a wild moment in this movie. That that line. Because he doesn't. I mean, he's he's already sad. That's the first thing. Once we realize who it is on the phone, he doesn't care at all. He's not picking up the phone. Who knows how long has it been since? Because she lived in L.A. She was in Los Angeles. They haven't seen each other in a long. I'm I'm guessing like four or five years. Definitely. Yeah. Minimum. At minimum. So yeah, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. You and find out later that he does when he when he is forced into letting the well, the he, cookie jar open up and all those emotions. He comes come up, to but. a realization, I think, from hitting rock bottom, which he realizes right. that he was out having the the wildest sexual experiences he could drum that, up that while his sister was yeah. killing herself. Yeah. She doesn't die, by the way. Um, there there is a hospital scene afterwards mm-hmm. where she kind of like comes to and recovers but it's heartbreaking though. That suicide, yeah, that suicide attempt scene was really fucking harrowing. And man. the fact that. The scene that we're in with them on the couch. On the couch, the, the yeah. fact that it's it's not just a cartoon, it's like a black and white, like a Merry Melodies, like an old, old school, yeah. like, yep, something about that, and that's your backdrop for this scene, and it's still, it's still that episode of the cartoon yeah. when they're when, done with their conversation. And it's just like it reminded me, kind of like. Like growing up and like I'm, I come from a divorced family and sometimes yeah. there would be moments where like there would be a, like a James Bond movie on or something and then mom and dad start to have a fight. And so you're just the kid in the background listening to your parents fight. But James Bond is still like going on in the background and then the fight ends and James Bond, and James Bond is still playing. I had that real sort of sense of being wow. the kid sitting behind them listening to them argue. And all you want to do is watch that cartoon 
the fight's over. But the fight's the in cartoon the way? is still there. Wow. I had a real it just like I haven't thought about shit like that since I was like a kid, but I was like, fuck dude, this is like that's very real buttons that that's yeah very on. real buttons man because they very they very well could have turned like we're having this conversation now Boop, turn he turns TV the off. thing off but they don't no, they, they leave don't. it going um I have a little a little fun note that I noticed while I was watching it um she starts to cry near the end yeah, a, a tear a tear, squirts. a tear rolls down yeah. to her neck and falls yeah and the moment the tear falls from her chin because I was blasting this through my through my everything at like max volume because I love the score mm-hmm. so much. They cut. I don't know if it just happened. I'm assuming that it's a it's a little like sound editor's joke or whatever. They edit in a bloop sound from the cartoon at the moment her tear drops. I totally missed that, and I have my headphones on yeah. too, so I was picking up a lot of shit. The moment that her tear drops, the cartoon has like a <laughs> oh my god, that's like funny. a little water sound. <laughs> That's funny. And then um, I think I oh, fuck. Did I have one? I closed my notebook already because I assumed we were done. But I yep. think I think I have one more note on that when she's shooting water drip noise. What an unusual choice. But 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 I don't. Love it there's another at the very end. At the very end, there's a there's a, a syncing up of the sound in the cartoon and what's happening on screen. It's at the very end of it. It's like um, when he goes to close the door or something. It's like boom. Right. And he slams the door or whatever. It it somehow it it lines it up lines and matches up, up. And it's when I was watching it, I should have, I got sucked into the movie a little yeah. bit. But watching <laughs> it, I was like, what a again, like little details like that, like the bloop sound when her, the thing dropped. And what a weird choice because we don't see this at all in Twelve Years a Slave. But what a not weird, but what an interesting choice to shoot your two principals. Carrie Mulligan is an Academy Award nominated at this time in 2011. Yeah. Academy Award nominated actress. Michael Fassbender, up and coming, one of the one widely of the considered to be one of the best yeah. actors of his generation. Both uh, definitely attractive people. And you keep the background out of focus and shoot the backs of their heads. What a strange choice. And how fucking effective. And effective, yeah. That's, Massively yep, effective. Strange, but Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. That scene would have probably still been a very powerful scene if you shot it like you normally would. like Conventionally. Conventionally. Yeah. But it adds that element of... Fly I don't know, for me, I was something. like... No, I, was, I was the kid behind the couch, like, having to watch... Not choosing to watch this argument, but having to watch Watching it. mom and dad like, fighting, yeah. yeah it's... It's wild. It's, yeah, it's one of those scenes that anytime I've not many people that I know have seen this movie, but anytime I think about this movie or talk about this movie, that's the scene I always talk about. I'm like, there's this, and it sounds so dumb when you meet someone for the first time. You're like, there's this movie shame. There's like a this six really minute scene, scene. <laughs> where they don't move the camera and they shoot the backs of the heads of the two main characters like, and everything else is out of focus. Talking about like, this sounds horrible. That sounds super boring. It's like when I describe yeah. uh, Last Days, directed by Gus Van Sant, who I know you don't like. There's a shot where the character who plays Kurt Cobain walks by like this bush, and then they shoot just the bush for 10 minutes they let him walk off screen and it's i'm not kidding it's like 10 it was so long watching it that i thought like is it fucked up did is, i fuck did up, I my fuck DVD up the player? thing right. but it's just like a tree in the wind but you can see the leaves moving every a once little in a bit while, and you're like so you it, know is, it is it is there's wind there's wind but nothing else happens it's just Weird. a tree for like 10 minutes and that, that shot like right now i'm telling you about it on a show that shot has always stuck with me because it's so Unusual, and it feels like the director is like, "Please, I'm begging you, try to see what I'm showing you right, right. now." And it it hit me hard, and it's a ten minute 
shot on it's not a picture it's a film it's 10 minutes of film of a tree wow and you're like what in the fuck is the point of this but steve mcqueen in a less obtuse way right. accomplishes the same thing with his camera him and sean bobbitt he and sean bobbitt i have to give you man, can't you can't give him enough credit man yeah. it's gorgeous it's a gorgeous movie yeah this is beautiful so it's been ben it's been two and a half hours since i've seen this movie almost yes three. <laughs> yeah yeah and it's it's such an interesting thing that happens watching a movie, taking notes on it, and then having a day or two before we sit down and talk right, about it. Yeah. Where I get a chance to like, oh no, like the mental stew starts to like stew come in. Well, yeah. you know what I mean. Like the flavors start to to marry together, to marry, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Where sometimes we'll screen a flick here, yeah. and then immediately jump on the mics, and that is. A, a whole other experience too because it's more kinetic energy it's like and a lot of times those are more goofy films well and interesting and valuable in its own right too because watching a movie with people changes your experience Mm -hmm. of watching it because i know watching i watched shame alone yesterday yeah and i cognized and i took my notes and that informed this discussion yeah we did a movie kind of like this in season zero. We just heard the episode when we watched, we watched Frank, Frank together, together yeah. and we were so like rocked back on our heels by the movie that the conversation, it took a minute to, it was, and it's a valuable conversation, but it, it takes on a tone of like, we just went through something fucking nuts together. Yeah. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but when yeah. you're alone, it's more yeah. cerebral. Um, I think you're right. I think screening like the weirder shit, like blood and concrete, yeah. screening that and talking about it was hilariously that helps fun. That, yeah. But for this now that is I'm really glad that I had a chance to sit and chat about the movie after what, like watching it by myself with headphones on as Danielle was sort of like getting up and ready for her day and then coming and having a chance to talk about it immediately having seen it on my own is just added to the overall experience of the movie. And I think coming away from, from this episode, I'm, I already knew that I liked this movie, but I wasn't sure if I was bored or I wasn't sure if it was the time that the time of day that I was watching it, but yeah, which is totally a fair assessment. But it's of a the fair movie. assessment. But like now that the 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 coffee has started to run its way through the veins, <laughs> and the brain is actually waking up and cylinders and, firing. And yeah, and, but starting to to realize what it was that I saw. It's kind of like looking at a painting and not realizing what you're seeing until. Like oh yeah or or that's what this is or, or that's what it means to me or right right um when I was in France I saw two artists uh, uh, artists ex- exhibitions and I saw the paintings I was like wow I love those but it's only like uh, ten years later now mm-hmm. at this point almost like eight years it's like almost a decade later realizing that there are certain of their paintings that I still have in my head images of. Yeah. Yeah. You have like these powerful moments and you know, they're powerful when you see them and you're like, wow, that was crazy. But then you forget 15 of the paintings, but there's that one that, one, yeah. that you remember and you realize that's how this movie is for me. Yep. I said the first time I saw there it, there are going to be shots like, from this movie that are cataloged in my brain permanently now. Yeah. This is, this is for me, this is a really, really stellar and film. And not just Fassbender's penis. <laughs> Which is indelibly right, engraved on my brain. I will never not see that now. <laughs> Every time, yeah. Every time I get dressed in the morning, I'll just look down and be like, "Oh, yep. not fast bender's penis." I was telling Danielle, I was like, "Yeah, and you know another thing about Fassbender, hung like a horse. I mean, looks like a neck on a giraffe down there, just like trying to get water." Like, was she immediately like skip back to that? Like, scene. No, can we go and watch it? Bookmark, go, go, bookmark, bookmark it. Bookmark it. <laughs> Screenshot. She's like, is it ugly and weird? I'm like, no, no, no. Just big. You know, like, do you remember Snuffleupagus from Sesame Street? It's that, but on it's an Irish like actor. On a, on a person. <laughs> 
Oh my god. It's like a sock puppet. Fair assessment. Oh my god, a sock puppet. It is kind of. Mm-hmm. I thought the first time I saw the movie, I thought it was a prosthetic. I thought they yeah. were like, and he was just. I'm like, I thought, yeah, I I thought they Dirk Diggler'd him. Yeah, for and a I was second. like, the gall on him. What? Come on, the ego to be like, give me a huge dick. And then I was like, oh no, oh, it's no, just. It's actually. You take your hat off and hold it, and you're like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm Mr. Fastman. I didn't realize that you was blessed that way. <laughs> it's just insane, dude. Um, but yeah, so uh, we have one more. What, yeah. I'm excited, honestly. Like, because you have not seen Hunger. Never seen Hunger. Oh fuck. Okay, I got the cri- I, I got obviously. that Criterion on <laughs> Blu-ray. Nice. I'm gonna be watching it either tonight. Af- oh, I think we're going out for drinks after the show. It might be another 5:30 a.m. for me to watch the movie to get it done. <laughs> Hungover 5:30 a.m. Ah, no, because I have a show tomorrow too. Oh, right, so. right, 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 right. No. Um, okay, so that's all I have for shame. I'm actually sometimes when we watch heavy stuff, I look forward to light stuff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to another. I'm looking forward McQueen. to one yeah. more McQueen yep. before because we got we got some, then December after that. Oh, so much December's fun. December's gonna yeah. be so yep. fun, but I am glad that we have one, one more. more. Yeah, and this me too. is not a happy movie. Neither is 12 Years a no. Slave. Those are heavy ass movies and I'm I'm ready for one more. Yeah, me too, actually. This I'm into is it. this is not straw dogs. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not as uh, like a Brillo pad in your soul. <laughs> no, it's just like <laughs> fuck. It's heavy though. Yeah. Um yeah, so that's that's it for shame, I think, right? Yeah, good. I'm good to go. Man. Cool. So let's do some uh do some shout outs and tell people where to hit us up. If you guys liked like what we're what you're listening to, certainly don't find us on Facebook. Yeah, because we hate that <laughs> stupid Facebook. But hit us up on Instagram. Now we don't have an Instagram either. No. If we're old school, if you have something to say to us, write us a letter. Write us a letter. Send us a postcard. <laughs> Smoke signals. Carrier pigeon. <laughs> we I actually have a, a CB radio <laughs> set up. We, we got a ham radio in the <laughs> basement. <laughs> Our call sign is uh, not your daddy cinephiles. Oh. <laughs> but uh, hit us up at measuringflixpodcast at gmail.com. That's where you can actually get a hold of us. And mm-hmm. if you know me, shoot me a fucking text. A right. lot of our, I know some of our listeners know me pretty well, including our patrons. We're going to shout out right now John Shibe, Casey Shibe. I want you guys to know that. Shot in their city. This is shot in your city. And also, I almost made you guys watch this movie with me one night. <laughs> we watched Pulp Fiction instead, and John fell asleep, and that's why I will forever hate him in my heart. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for uh, for listening and for helping helping make the show possible for supporting mm-hmm. us. We really appreciate it. We also have to thank. I'll thank Danielle Pelsha. Definitely. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, having me wake up early, and I, I hope I didn't wake you up. I don't think I did because you looked like all oh, sleepy goopies when you woke up. And it's like, oh, what are you doing on the couch? I'm like watching another movie, and then she's like, oh, good, no one's getting raped right now. So that's I feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are off the rape train now. <laughs> Ooh, and then good. you were like, well, no, actually, well, actually, for November I do have one more to watch. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh. But no, thank you, Danielle. I love you, and thank you for the pre-show gift uh the goblin king is awesome i love you and also danielle if you want some non-sleepy goopies you can uh fire up shame and just watch the first like five minutes and you'll see michael fassbender's penis several times you can just rock it back put it on a boomerang glorious boomerang that doomerang doomerang and that yeah that's a kind of a it's a kind of a terrifying penis speaking of huge dicks connor sweeney uh listen we uh he did te- okay so connor texted me the other night he knew we were watching shame and i he's like man did you see shame i'm like i don't think carl has yet and he's like fassbender's cocker and i'm like i know right <laughs> and then he sent me a dick pic um 
I'm assuming That's it was so him because mm. his fa- you can see his face in the shot, which you never do for you listeners at home. Connor's just a bold, brazen man, and understandably so. What a hog! <laughs> it was his dick was ten ten inches if it was an inch, and it was doubled back on itself and rubber banded together <laughs> so that it would dress normal when he put his he was getting dressed and he was just like well check this out and you know if he lets it go though you know have you ever had a swizzle stick like when the the powdery sugary candy yeah, yeah, yeah. comes out of it right yeah and you well the thing and the thing that i i was thinking to myself i'm like that's got to be so uncomfortable to have your dick doubled Bent over, and rubber, rubber banded, banded together just so you can look normal mm-hmm. because your dick is so freakishly long it's unco- it's disgusting to look at in a way cuz 20 a 20 inch shriveled monster dick with a huge mushroom head like but that. all the blood sort of pools in the one vein and it looks like like oh quarter. you've seen it too yeah it looks like a quarter yeah well you guys have skin. been in shows i'm i'm yeah. sure so i've flicked his penis obviously <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ what kind of shows have you boys been in <laughs> Mostly Shakespeare. Mostly, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of that in Shakespeare. That. You go back and read the old ones. <laughs> this it's just you gotta read Oberon the, choking just down just someone's hog. <laughs> Titania standing back. Right. Oh, jackhammering that bean. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the stage direction. Titania yeah, sits back. Put the liquor back. of it in your eyes. <laughs> I know. Worst part too, Connor Sweeney's just tiny balls. The little weirdly disproportionately small balls. It's just <laughs> like two little ball bearings. So just you must have seen him on a good day, man. I did. It was mine was like Ooh. mine was like an unshelled <laughs> peanut. <laughs> Okay. All right, Connor. Uh, thanks, buddy, <laughs> for the for the memories and for my yeah. new desktop wallpaper and uh, for your support. Look, I, hey, that's kind of fun. We had a yeah. we had a Connor Sweeney bit that was topical. Yeah, to I know they actually related to the movie, <laughs> and one that won't have the threat of federal services like that knocking is, at his door. That's true. Someday, Connor will stop. But today is not. Today that is not day. that day. Okay. It might be your Christmas present as we stop busting. Yeah, we your stop balls. busting your balls. Tiny little balls here. <laughs> your teeny, itty bitty little gumdrop balls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like the spice gumdrops. If That's you're lucky. <laughs> and we run out of things to say in December. Never happened. Uh, but yeah, um, so if you want us to. <laughs> To say things like that about you, mm-hmm. head on over to <laughs> patreon.com slash Max Peterson. You can get shout outs on the show. Yep. You can get the infamous season zero of which last week's episode was an example. And we have have had, we have had all of our patrons except for John and Casey Shabby on, on the show. show thus far. Yeah, that's the nice thing about the small patron pool is yep. you can get everyone involved. Get, in it, the show. get it on the ground floor. You might get on the mics. Yeah, you never know. All right. So patreon.com slash Max Peterson. Uh, that that's it for measuring flicks this week. Uh, one more. One more. Bender. We got one more fast bender. Uh, and then Christmas season is upon oh us. I God. can't wait. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. So, yeah. So we have a lot to look forward to. Do you notice my my house suddenly smells like weed? It sure does. I kind of like that. Uh, I will explain why off mic. So have fun, everyone. Uh, Got to get out of here quick. The nose is filling up with smoke. And it's, believe it or not, not my fault. <laughs>